Lady Sansa, I offer my services once again. I will shield your back and keep your counsel and give my life for yours if need be. I swear it by the old gods and the new. And I vow that you shall always have a place by my hearth and meet and meet at my table. Meet and meet at my table. And I pledge to ask no service of you that might bring you dishonor. I swear it by the old gods and the new. Arise. And now, from the crypts of Winterfell, it's your favorite podcast of Thrones, Game of Microphones, with Sir Duncan and Lady Rachel. Winter is here. Well met, leal swords and mutineers, and welcome to Game of Microphones. I'm Lord Sterling, Sir Duncan, the true. And I'm Lady Rachel of House Fox, the caffeinated. <laughs> <laughs> and joining us today for the first time is our good friend and website designer, Lady Lisa of House Sky, Pyromancer. Welcome to Game of Microphones, my lady. Oh, hello. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Lisa works on our website and is also an artist. I know you've heard us mention her before. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your art and where people can find it? You can just see my art at fineartsbylisa.com. It speaks for itself. Nice. Perfect. You're amazing. And this is episode 93. On this episode of our series Rewatch, we're covering the season premiere of Game of Thrones season six, The Red Woman. And in case you're not already aware, this series rewatch is from the perspective of someone who is current on the show. That means you've seen up through season seven, episode seven. If not, there's still time to be kidnapped by a call and dragged away to the Dosh Colleen so you don't have to hear these spoilers. Warning. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Oh, what'd you guys think about this episode? Pretty good for a, se- a season premiere, huh? What about you, Rachel? Lots of good stuff. We go lots of places, too. I had a hard time picking a top three. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I had a few that I wanted to That's a good problem to have. That means it was a good episode, right? Yeah. What did you think? I thought it was pretty awesome. Definitely one of my favorite premieres. How about you, Lady Lisa? Well, we know that um, my favorite scene of all time is in this episode, so uh, I'm, yeah, I love it. Kick ass. Looking forward to talking about that. So, yeah. uh, Rachel, you want to start off with your number three? Sure. My number three is the Northern Wilderness with Sansa and Theon. Ooh, ooh nice. I think that is my something as well yeah my number one so we'll kind of that's my number okay let's collab we'll all collab okay (laughs) collab i called it theon's attempted redemption attempted redemption attempted redemption attempted redemption redemption. (laughs) um so we get this beautiful shot of two figures running through a snowy meadow with kind of some trees around them and 
being in a state that we don't get any snow. I love <laughs> snowy scenes like this. <laughs> um, it looks so, you know, like ethereal and beautiful and like a wonderland compared totally. to the constant sun that we get here in California. <laughs> um, so Stay there as long as you can. <laughs> Cherish it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't wait to get to the snow. Ethereal. That's a really good word for that. Totally. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're going to have some snow in Idaho, huh? Yeah, we get snow in Idaho. Nice. Yes, July. We will be moving in the dead of summer, but... Whoop, whoop. Oh, I don't think I know that. Yeah. So we see them running and Sansa's super out of breath <laughs> and Theon's lumbering along and Sansa kind of stops to catch her breath and Theon's like, oh, girl, no, we cannot stop. You have to keep going. Like, I've seen what these hounds can do. <laughs> yeah, that's such a fucked up line. Like, oh, yeah. Man. So they, they come to a river, a frozen river, and, you know, Sansa puts her foot in it. She's like, oh, hell no, I'm not going in there. <laughs> she's like, it's too cold. I can't. I won't make it. I'll die. And she's so dramatic. Yeah, she's probably, you know. <laughs> but yeah. she's probably right because, <laughs> I mean, frozen water like that, if it's super deep, I mean, they clearly can't stop to build a fire once they've waded through because right. they're being pursued. So, and he's doing like the reek thing as, as they're walking across the river, the like head bob thing. Yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. Like, like a tweaker. <laughs> yep. Exactly. And he's like, you, we have like, this way is way be better. Basically like I would rather us freeze to death than get mauled by hounds. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, that's probably true. <laughs> I will agree to that as well. Um, uh. so it cuts kind of over. They're in a thicket now. They're, they've crossed the river and they are freezing. They can barely move their bodies. Like they're trying to run as fast as they can, but it, they're like nervous system is like not working because they're, <laughs> they're shaking basically hypothermic. And he's like over here, come on. And they find like a little underbrush, like where they can hide under and, I, I'm not sure if that's necessarily the smartest thing to do is stop if they can't build a fire. Um, I think they should keep running so they yeah, don't get cold. that's probably true. Um, yeah, but the, the hounds were like right on them. Yeah, and I mean, they did cross the river, but like they're not that far away from the river, so they need to put more distance between the hounds and them before they do anything. And... Sansa's freezing and Theon I guess we can kind of call him Theon at this point. Yeah, I'd say so. Mm. Um Theon wraps his arms around Sansa and there's this moment of like they reconnect mm. on a on a level cuz I mean they grew up together. Theon was like a brother to her and they kind of embrace and Sansa I think she just feels so much relief and confusion and yeah. terror. Yeah. And he's acting like a brother again, you know? Yeah. And she's kind of nice. letting that all out towards him. So I think he meets his redemption here. Um, so why don't I let you take over? Because I know your, your um, number one is about his redemption. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, I just thought it was kind of neat that he basically 
decides to potentially sacrifice himself to try to save her here. Um, considering everything that he's taken from her family and, you know, with, with the deaths of um, Roderick and the, 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 what they thought were the deaths of Rickon and, and um, Bran and losing the castle and everything and destroying Rob's war effort. It's kind of a noble sacrifice here to try to make up for all that by giving himself up to the dogs, basically, <laughs> even though he knows yeah. how horrible that, that fate would be. He still runs out there and tries to tell them a lie to try to uh, to throw them off her scent, which is useless. Mm, it works for like 0.5 seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. He, he tells her, go north, only north. John is Lord Commander at Castle Black. He'll help you. And so now she's heard that John is Lord Commander from multiple sources. So she knows it's true that Ramsey wasn't just messing with her. Yeah, I have that in my notes, too, that she finds out that John really is the Lord Commander, right. and it wasn't Ramsey just, like, toying with her. Right. Little does she know that he just got killed. I know. <laughs> it's another one of those near-miss type events where mm -hmm. Sansa so shows close. up but yeah, at the Eyrie and Liza's dead, or Ar oh, Arya yeah. shows up at the Eyrie and Liza's dead, or Sansa's going to go to Castle Black, but John's dead. Interestingly, by the time she actually arrives, he's alive again. <laughs> like ships passing in the night you know one of those moments in the show yeah like when um sansa and baelish ride past brienne and pod on the road mm -hmm. yeah exactly just missed each other so he runs out and the bolton soldiers are asking him where is lady bolton calling her lady bolton oh that's pretty Ew, that's so creepy when they first said that i was like who oh her okay <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> So uh, he's like, dead. She, she broke her leg jumping from the ramparts, which is not necessarily a totally unbelievable lie. Because uh, it's like 100 fall. feet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I left her to die in the snow. And it's like, ah, it was a good try, but not very convincing, Reek. <laughs> you gave it your best, though. You gave it your best. So the dogs smell her, obviously, and drag the soldiers over there. And they're surrounding Sansa, who's kind of freaking out. And... Um, they, they got her, they grab her, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Brienne and Pod show up. It's a bloody it's woman! It's a bloody woman! <laughs> and this is your favorite scene, Lady Lisa, so I'll let you talk about it. Oh, yeah. Um, just the fact that um, Brienne is just finally getting to the point in her, in her journey that she really was just dying to get to. Um, and you can see it all over her, her puppy dog eyes. And Right. How long has she been trying to find Sansa, first of all? That's a good question. Long. <laughs> I think since long season time. two. Yeah, something like that. When, yeah. when she meets Catelyn. Yeah, season mm -hmm. two. I think she was not in season one. So I think it was like mid to late season two. Yep, Renly gets killed. She ends up with Cat. Yep, takes the vow. Yep. So yeah, and she had a really close encounter of the best kind. <laughs> Which encounter? With uh, Littlefinger and Sansa. Ah, uh, they were so close. She was so close. Oh, on the road there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah totally. And and Sansa was like, "Nah, be sorry." And then they actually actually found her at that uh, that tavern too, right? That's that's what I'm talking about. Oh, I thought you were talking about when they passed on the road. Oh no, 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 no! When she was when she tried to 
give her sword to Sansa. Right. The first time, and Baelish is just casting doubt about. Oh every yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, so yeah, so she was so close, and then, she, then she was on the journey again, and uh, waiting for that candle in the window. So close yep. again, and uh, now here she is. It's a bloody woman. <laughs> <laughs> she just the noises she makes. Ugh, like she's just so cool. She's the coolest. Yeah, she's like. <laughs> and her faces and stuff. Mm-hmm. She's yeah, and then just... Podrick coming up behind. Just oh, that th- those two are they just make me so happy. I just love the scene so much. What you said earlier, Rachel, about it being ethereal, like the colors and the lighting and just everything. This whole scene, I I could just watch it over and over and over again, which I have. Yeah, me too. It's such a beautiful scene. Like Sansa's eyes are super blue and Mm. it's kind of, it's almost like a black and it's like a very faded color cinematography. Mm. Like it's almost like there's a filter on it in a way, Yeah, like the way it's lit. They've removed saturation from the color to make everything like a little bit less colorful and more like dreary and bleak. Dreary and dark. They do that a lot on the show. Mm. Yeah, I but it's really exceptional here mm-hmm. and her it hair kind of is makes, just sticking out, right? Yeah, like they sat they almost like saturate her red hair against her blue eyes and Oh it's yes, just, yes. Mm-hmm. Really pretty. Mm-hmm. I think Sansa's so beautiful. Oh, she is. I know course. she's like kind of an annoying character at first, at but first, I really yeah. love I really love Sansa after yeah. she gets it like Starting kind of around now, after she escapes her torture and starts coming into her own as a woman, mm-hmm. um, she's just so like regal. I yeah. love the red hair. Oh. I love red hair. Yeah, definitely Team Sansa now. I wasn't <laughs> at first. I don't think anybody really was. She's so bratty. Yeah, like the first season, I'm like, who is this person? She's <laughs> driving me crazy. Lying about Arya and everything. Yeah. She's talking. Prince Joffrey and uh, Rachel. Okay, so the horses in this scene, how they got them to like fall and do all these crazy things, and I just, I, I'm, I just, I admire that so much that they can work with these giant animals and get them to do exactly what they want them to do and make it look real. Like you think that that horse is hurt when it flops over like that. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm actually not really sure how they get the horses to do that. I know that you can train them to almost like like a dog, like to play dead. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, there there are horses. They are very easy to I mean, they're very similar in a way to dogs. I would I would say not as intelligent as a dog, but similar qualities of repetition and picking stuff up. And doing things for reward. Mm, yes. Um, yeah, they're they're fun animals. They really are. Mm-hmm. You're saying you've um, taken care of a lot of horses too, right, Lisa? Yes, I have. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Percherons. Oh, yes. Giant, Beautiful. Giant horses. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then at um, like 22 minutes into the episode, <laughs> Brian. Brian. 
<laughs> Roy Dotrice over here. Oh man, I can't not say it like that. Um, she comes into the screen. You know that part where she comes into the oh, scene. Oh, she saunters on cam- on, <laughs> on the shot. It makes me laugh every time. I don't know why, but I just I, I love that part. Yeah, it's so funny. She kills all these guys and's like slitting everybody's throat, and she, she gets slides right kicked in, in the face, and then she yeah, just like <clears throat> like steps onto the screen like, yeah, I'm here, Sansa. Just to please She's take like, care of that. Kind of like you. fixing her shirt. She's like. <sighs> Yep. Lady Sansa. <laughs> and that's the the point in the episode right before the 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 part where she kneels in front of Sansa and places her blade that, on the ground. Oh, yes, exactly. I love how formal Brienne is. Oh, I know. Oh. <laughs> I love her so she much. She takes it so seriously. So it's seriously. Like, She's so it's loyal. It's not just like, oh, hey, I'm here to swear an, an, my oath to you again. She, it, it's... She likes um, ceremony like she did it with Renly Baratheon, too, when she asked him to be a part of her, him to be a part of his Kingsguard. Yeah, or when yeah. she ran into Sansa at the tavern, she knelt there as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the same thing with Lady Catelyn. So dramatic. Yes. So she takes that whole um, like ritualistic aspect of a ceremony and takes that very seriously. She's devout to it. Totally. And just her eyes. I love I love her eyes in this in this moment when she's looking up at Sansa, big puppy dog eyes like this is <laughs> so what expressive. Yeah. Lady Sansa, I offer my services once again. I will shield your back and keep your counsel and give my life for yours if need be. I swear it by the old gods and the new. And then there's Podrick in the background being like the priest. <laughs> yeah. Like helping along with the the words the dialogue yeah she, she's just so nervous she's never done it before and this mirrors her mother doing the same thing you know in the books what what cat's thinking in her head like oh my trying goodness to remember the words if ned could think if ned could see me now he'd be so like yeah proud and proud and yeah mm-hmm. and yeah, now she's cool. going through this and she can't remember the words and she's cold and she's scared <laughs> and she's happy and she's looking forward to seeing John probably. And she's, totally. and she's like, here are my heroes right here. And you know what? I'm doing it. I'm taking this now. Yeah. And Good she, choice. she Good choice, probably, <laughs> she probably has been trained to know these words and everything like that. So she's, you know, she's definitely yes. heard them before, probably heard Ned swearing people in and right. But she hasn't had to practice it. Cause she's a girl. Right. Yeah. She probably never really paid attention. So she starts saying the, the vow, you know, um, and I vow that you shall always have a place by my hearth. And she sort of stumbles trying to remember the words and Podrick steps in to help her. <laughs> meet and meet at my table. She continues finishing the line. Meet and meet at my table. And I pledge to ask no service of you that might bring you dishonor. I swear it by the old gods and the new. Arise. And Brienne stands up. So epic. But I thought it was funny how Pod is always jumping in at important moments with like with knowledge like you know yeah all like the, the, all the, sigils, the, yeah. the dornish flags <laughs> yeah the the heraldry <laughs> that he displayed for Tyrion and Bronn with all the dornish sigils and he's not very good at cooking rabbits he wasn't aware of that but <laughs> now here he comes again with uh with his knowledge of these words and everything like that so I have pod he fucks and he knows things <laughs> You know, like Tyrion drinks and knows things. We need to make a shirt with that now. (laughs) He fucks and he knows things. On the road. Pretty great. Yeah, so that was my number three. Do you guys 
have anything you want to add? Pretty much wraps it up for my number two as well. How about you, Lady Lisa? You Pretty much wraps it up for me too. <laughs> I love that you guys say that. <laughs> I had to say, I finally said it. There we go. Yeah, I'm like a broken record sometimes. Brutal. Repeating phrases. Yeah, brutal. Classic. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what's your number three, Lady Lisa? Number th- oh, you know what? I... Um, I really like the uh, the the sun spear. Ah, okay, yeah. Ah, so Dorn, Dorn, right. yes. That's my number three too. I called it dumb Dornishman. <laughs> nice, so dumb. So dumb, so dumb, so dumb, so. <laughs> <laughs> really, really dumb. For real. Okay, so you know the the sun spear sigil. It's the sun with the spear, with the face. And it's going through the the back of it into into the face. Okay. Um, <laughs> yep. What's his name? Quentin. Quentin. Oh, on the on the show, uh, Tristane. Tristane. That's right. Oh man, I will forever mix oh, those up. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Um, <laughs> you do. All right. Um, yeah. So you know how he gets uh, speared in the back of the head, and it comes out his face, and he's the sun. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally just like, like a literal it? representation like, of their sigil. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That <laughs> is that, you play off that. Do what you want. Nice. So scene starts out with Doran walking along with Ilaria. And I just don't understand what Doran is thinking. After everything that Ilaria's done and attempting to set, you know, capture Marcella and all this crazy stuff. Why would she still be walking around this close to him, etc.? He's just so dumb. And I think I think it's just it goes back to the she's a part of their family because even Tristane echoes that when his cousins arrive. Is he on a boat or like not a boat? Yeah, sorry. I feel like he's <laughs> on a boat. I fucked a mermaid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god. Um because I know he's like, wasn't he with Marcella? Marcella, yeah. On the boat. Um, yeah. I don't actually yes. I don't know if he was on the same boat, but probably, yeah. But they got on that little boat together right after Alaria kissed um Marcella with the poison. Right. Uh, yeah, it Tristane seem like he was, was on, on that like here. little, I don't know, like well, I don't want to call it a dinghy because it's not a dinghy, but like the little boat to get out to the big boat. Mm. Yeah, I do believe he was on a boat, um, which is why there's so many jokes about the uh, the sand snakes having jet skis or something. Oh, how did they, how did yeah, they get there so fast? Too. Like, and how, how the they hell drive? did they get there yeah. if he's on a boat? I'm on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> but he, going back to what you were saying, uh, Duncan, is... He, they say basically like, we're here to kill you. Like, which one do you want to fight? And he's like, I don't want to fight either of you. You guys are family. Right. Like, so clearly they're very, they're all close to each other. And I think Duran just bought too much into like family won't hurt you. Yeah. And And, I don't know why Tristane thinks he has a chance here. Yeah. Because they're like, pfft. When he says that, well, we're family. Yeah, he's like, I don't, we're family. I don't want to hurt you. It's like, what? You think you're going to, you know, hurt them both? They're Oberyn's daughters, man. Yeah, two sand snakes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And why would you put your back to someone who is going to kill you? Yeah, that's really or dumb. Or wants too. to kill you. You are really dumb. <laughs> For real. 
tragedy to add you with. <laughs> so, yeah, Tristane's like, uh, you know, I don't want to hurt you. And he picks Nymeria to try to fight. And Obara's like, smart boy. And I'm like, no, dumb boy, dumb boy. <laughs> You're just setting yourself up here. And she, you know, he turns to fight her and gets in his, his little fighting stance and just whack, spear right through the head. Oh, that was a further rewatch moment for me. <laughs> Yeah, and it reminded um, reminded me of in uh, Craster's Keep with John and the sword going oh, through. Oh, yeah, this was way worse, though. Call fucking Tana. <laughs> this seemed way worse to me for some reason. <laughs> I love how many mirrors there are. Oh, yeah. like Everything yeah, comes in twos or whatever. Paralleling and mirroring everywhere. Yeah, weddings and deaths and swords coming out of their mouth and <laughs> things like that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's definitely a, a vein that runs through the entire series. For sure. This was a moment when I first watched the show, I did not see coming. So I like saw it and I didn't want to see it. <laughs> I would always try to like hide <laughs> when there were violent scenes. Right, right. And I just remember looking at my husband like, God damn it. The show is so good at like tricking people into watching the gruesome scenes. Totally. They just pop out of nowhere. So, um, uh, Obara kills him and Nymeria has a funny line. You're a greedy bitch. You know that he's just like, yeah, you know, I wanted it, but I don't know. I just can't see Ario Hota going out so easily. Also mm-hmm. seemed Such like too little dude. of a knife to like get to the heart from the back. Must've like severed his spinal cord and paralyzed him or something. Just dropped him. Yeah. Because he went down way too easily for a big guy like that and just getting stabbed once in the back. When we just got off an episode seeing Marin Trant get stabbed like a hundred times and Jon Snow getting stabbed like six times and surviving more than yeah, and a second. Speaking of Jon Snow, remember when he's, with, when he's with Stannis and he says, I heard it's good to keep your enemies close. And Stannis is like, whoever said that didn't have many enemies. <laughs> and so... Yeah. Um, Doran's trying to do that here, keeping his enemies close. Uh, he's got Ilaria literally right there. Works out really badly. <laughs> so yeah, Stannis it's being true. proven proven correctly posthumously here. Pro- proven correct. True. Yeah, Elia's just brutal too. You're not a Dornishman. You're not our prince. Um, and naturally, Doran's like bleeding out on the ground. And he's like, my son, my son, Tristane. And Ilaria, again, super brutal. Your son is weak, just like you. And weak men will never rule Dorne again. And I like dun, the way dun, that, dun. Yeah. And I like the way Doran dies there. He's just like, ah. <laughs> His head kind of like rolls backwards. And I thought it was a pretty good death. It was a good death because he hung on a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Oh, it was, it was kind of funny, too, how... The Sand Snakes and Ilaria seem like they're just waiting for this news to come in so they can just attack. They're already they've Ilaria's got her blade on her on her wrist. Tyene's got that blade on her uh on her you know, like her shin or whatever that she uses. Yeah. Um, pretty I think badass. I'm gonna start walking around with a blade on my shin. Might as well, right? Oh, I already do, I mean. so yeah. <laughs> no. That, you never know when you may need one. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it for my number three. That was both your number three, right? Yes. Okay. So what's your number two, Lady Rachel? Let's see. My number two is, well, it's the Red Woman, but I started my number two with leading up to that scene um, with the Watch Brothers out, like, allied to Alistair. 
Nice. And they're pointing crossbows. So we'll start there. But m- the main meat of my number two is Malisandra. Sounds good. Yeah. So um, Alistair's at the door and he goes, Sir Davos, we have no cause to fight. We are both anointed knights, which I thought was kind of cool because that's true. And they're just opposite sides of the door at this moment. Yeah, I love how Davos is fucking with him. <laughs> yeah, he's like, hear that, lads? We don't have anything <laughs> to fear. We can just walk out of here alive. <laughs> yeah, it's so great. <laughs> I was wondering what you guys thought of his uh, response. I will grant you amnesty to all the brothers if if you throw down your swords by nightfall. Do you think he would have done that if they would have walked out? That's a good question. Ed doesn't seem to think so. He think they all think that if they open the doors, they're all dead, basically. So I'm gonna have to trust trust their judgment on this and say that yeah, Alistair was bullshitting them. Yeah, me too. I because the way when we first pan into that scene, all of the crossbows like pointed at the door, and everybody has like their sword out. Oh, true. Because you know, like I think if they opened the door, they would have just opened fire. Right, just rushed, rushed them with arrows mm-hmm. and shit or bolts. Yeah. So, um, Alistair goes on. He tells Davos, "You can, you know, take off." <laughs> and Davos is like, "Well, will I get a horse? Will I get, you know, some mutton? I really want some <laughs> mutton." <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. And Alistair's like. What? <laughs> what is the shot? Yeah, yeah, what? What is he? What are you talking about? <laughs> Mutton? For real, bro? He's Can't like, well, even. I'm not much of a hunter, so I'll need some food if I'm going to make it without starving. Just stalling, trying to think of what to do. Yeah, because they're waiting for Ed to sh- come back with um, exactly. the Exactly. Right? So, yeah, stalling. Yeah, so tactics. he just continues to go on. And basically, Davos is like, thank you, Sir Alistair. We'll discuss amongst ourselves and get back to you with an answer. And <laughs> so <laughs> smart. Thank you, Sir Alistair. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. And... <laughs> Alistair's just like, oh, and they just walk off. <laughs> Hilarious. He totally like tricks Alistair kind of. Yeah. So the watch, you know, the watchmen inside, they're like, dude, I've, they're going to slaughter us. If they come in, they're going to come in anyways. So like we need to like do something about it. And Davos is like, yeah, but we don't need to make it easy for him. We don't need to surrender and open the door. Right. And they're like, Ed is our only chance. And Davos is like, oh, there's always the red woman. And they're like, what, what is one redhead going to do? Like against, he's like, 
dude, you don't know the shit that she's done. I've seen her like birth a demon. (laughs) (laughs) She can handle some Night's Watchmen. And so we cut to Malisandra and I love this scene. I love it for so many reasons because we know from the books it's referenced a few times that she's supposed to be like really old. Well, they never say it explicitly in the books. No, it's, it's, um, what's the word I'm looking like? Alluded to or hinted at. Yeah. Yeah, She's like, I've been, you know, practicing sorcery for, you know, I don't know, many lifetimes or something. She says that, uh, yeah, I think they say, um, too, too many years to count or something yeah, like that. Yeah, countless years or something. Countless like years, that. yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. And I think centuries. I read somewhere in an article George R. 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 Martin said that, you know, he intended her to be like, you know, several centuries year, years old. Yeah. Yeah. They, they talked about that at the, the little like behind the scenes stuff after the episode. Oh, maybe that's where I got it from. One of them mentions that based on an early conversation that they had with Gurm that, they knew that Melisandre was supposed to be a few centuries old, he said, which is nuts. That's where I got it from. Okay, I knew I had heard that before or read it somewhere or something. And I think the guy who plays Maester Cresson, Cresson, am I saying that right? Cresson? Cresson, yeah. Cresson, yeah. He also said the same thing when they were going over the script, uh, I guess, with D&D. Yeah. Interesting. They said something like 400 years old, so. Damn. It's, kind of, it's not canon. Wow. But yeah, so she's old. <laughs> I noticed that uh, I noticed that when it the camera pans back and it shows like the full full body nude shot of the um, old woman that the music was the same music that played when Celise was hanging. Um, oh, going from yeah six nice to catch. flat six. Yeah, it was pretty intense. Da-da. Yeah, and I kind of wonder if she took, you know, I don't know if there's what the magic goes into the glamour thing, but I don't know if, you know, that's the thing that's keeping her young or whatever, but if she's taking that off to kind of go to sleep forever, you know, when she goes to into bed. Yeah. It's kind of oh. like a, I don't know, I'm just bullshitting, but you know what I mean. <laughs> well, considering I love the- when it like turns red as she takes it off. And then when she lays it on the table, if you notice, it's the old lady's hand. It's not her hand. Ooh, so that reference is the second Damn. she takes it off. She's immediately in the old woman's state. Yeah. So because it's I, the old lady hand that sets it on the table right. and the stone is black. That's crazy. So I was wondering if it was like a continuity error when she was in the bathtub a few seasons ago, completely naked with when Celise comes in. Because it, it seems like rubies are responsible for the glamour. So there's more about that in the books, you know, with the rattle shirt and everything and Rhaegar potentially. And they talk about her, her ruby glowing at her neck a lot and everything like that, mm. pulsing. To explain that, I think one of them, one of the showrunners had said that the uh, glamour works um, to to hook the, the, the person that they're trying to um, deceive. And since Celise... Celise is uh, already hooked. Oh, she doesn't need the necklace. She doesn't need it. it. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Okay. Pretty crazy. Yeah. 
So who knows that's if that's crazy. true or not, but <laughs> so maybe she's allowing herself like by physically removing the necklace and allowing herself to see her true form. Yeah. It's like centering, coming to grips with reality, facing the truth and working from there to forge a new path or find her center. It's interesting. I just thought it was really cool how they use the same music that was hang- like playing when Celise was hanging. Uh, That's really cool. So I don't, I don't necessarily think that Melisandre is thinking about committing suicide, but I think she's sort of giving up at that moment to some extent, you know, if not fully. Yeah, I do too. I agree. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. I think she's lost belief in her whole reason for like existing. Yeah, and pretty staying much. Exactly. Centuries. She doesn't know what her purpose is. Yeah, it's so funny when uh, when Davos suggests that there's the red woman too, and everyone's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Um, right before that, one of the Night's Watchmen had said, "It's a sad fucking statement if Dolores Ed is our only chance." <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was funny because everybody always calls him Dolores Ed, which is, you know, that's one of my pet peeves because he's Dolores, not Dolores. Dolores. Exhibiting dolor sadness. So (laughs) it's kind of funny. Um, Anything else you want to add about Melisandre? No, I think that's it for me. What about you, Lady Lisa? No, I think that pretty much wraps it up for that. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Not sorry. (laughs) Okay, so what's your number two then? Oh, me. Um, hmm, Let's see. I've got Eat Your Baby down here on my notes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I like that part. That's it. It's funny. Uh, like that they can have a little levity, you know, yeah, every Tyrion once in a while. just wants to give the lady some coin to feed her child. And she's like, oh my <laughs> yeah. God, he wants to pay me to take my child to eat him. Varys. <laughs> yeah, Varys has to explain it. It's great. Don't eat my baby. Mm-hmm. And then his sleeves in that scene. Oh, with Varys' sleeves? I just love watching him do the weird things that he does with his sleeves. <laughs> yeah, sometimes Like when they're got, over like, his hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got the, like the, the, Openings of the sleeves, like connected in the front. It's mm-hmm. totally, I, it looks like a sorcerer. Isn't that what sorcerers do like that? Which is funny because he doesn't like sorcerers. Yeah, he hates sorcerers. That's pretty interesting. I can't wait to get that whole story. Hopefully we do. I, I feel like if I remember correctly in book one, it talks about Varys a little bit, like how he's always washing his hands and stuff, like in rose water. And maybe he doesn't like getting his hands dirty. Mm-hmm. Like he has like a germaphobe thing going so he's always covering his hands up oh that's a good point yeah he's always like smells really good and is all you know like decked out with scents and fancy clothes yeah yeah. but that could also just be an act to um to throw people off so that when he's out in disguise doing stuff that nobody recognize him recognizes him because they would expect him to be you know all fancy and everything like that Mm. it's almost like a disguise in itself yeah yeah, totally. It's a faceless man as well. <laughs> yeah, right. In his own way. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I love when Varys is, he's like, he's speaking in Valerian and he goes to the lady, his Valerian is terrible. He right, only right, wants right. to give you money so your baby can eat. His Valerian is a bit nostril. <laughs> a bit <laughs> nostril, yeah. She thinks you want to eat your baby. <laughs> what? 
It's like Mike Tyson. <laughs> I want his heart. I'll eat his children. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I love Rachel's reactions to you. Oh God. Iron Mike. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, Duncan. <laughs> God. Duncanisms. So brutal. <laughs> <laughs> There's another one. Yeah. Anywho, um, yeah. So eat your baby. <laughs> the Danko HL baby. The day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, in this scene too, we see the um, Misa is a master. Right. Yeah. It seems yep. like the Griffey. people are starting to turn on Daenerys, or it could be propaganda from mm. the masters. He's like, Just, I know what Misa means. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I wonder what's that. All, what is that? What do you think that's all about? Good question. I'm not really sure. What do you think, Rachel? You think the people are turning on Danny and that it was organically written um, by people who are mad that she bailed on Marine? Or do you think it's like the masters putting propaganda out to cast her in a negative light? I think it's propaganda. Interesting. I think it might have been there before tear before that whole shit went down. Mm. Yeah. So I like I was saying, um, I think it's propaganda because we don't really know if that's brand new, like five minutes ago or if that's been up for weeks right i think it's um i think it's pretty new since she left on the dragon and people are starting to like be mad or something about it uh then they walk they talk into that priest the red priest is preaching about um about danny being the the lord of lydia basically hinting that she's a zora high asking who's going to take up the mantle now that she's gone who will take up her flames yourselves I just thought it was pretty neat he's rallying the troops to to continue the cause anyway, which is pretty good. And Tyrion sort of harnesses on that whole thing and ends up bringing in Kinvara to, to add to what this red priest is doing throughout Marine, right? That's right. The really old one, right? The one that tells Varys about his parts. Yeah. She's kind of creepy. Do you want to know what he's, what the, the words that came through the flames and he's like, Oh my God, this is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because he doesn't like any type of magic like that at all. Yeah, in the Boston University thing where the students wrote a version of season eight on their own, they uh, Euron kills Kinvara like right off the bat. Oh, really? Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> it, he, he summons a kraken and feeds oh. Kinvara to the kraken. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty sick. Imagine how cool it'd be to get a kraken on the show. So cool. Oh, I want to see that. Yeah, exactly. That'd be awesome. Hmm. I'd love that. Yeah. So they leave the priest guy and then all of a sudden there's chaos and they, um, everybody's running away from one area. And of course the heroes always have to run towards the towards chaos. Right? <laughs> so they run yeah. down and discover that the, the Harbor is ablaze and all of Danny's ships are burning and Tyrion's like, well, she won't be sailing to Westeros anytime soon. <laughs> Just kind of funny. And oh, and Varys reveals that he's, his little birds have already taken wing. And as soon as they return, they'll be singing songs of men in gold masks. So he's sent his little children out throughout Marine to, to, do, to get the dirt, basically. And I'm picturing Varys like walking through the streets like, hey, little kids, you want some candy? <laughs> get me some information i'll give you treats <laughs> just so creepy <laughs> although kyburn is the real which is what one. is exactly what kyburn is doing 
Yeah. And I think he learned that from Varys. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because the little birds are little kids, Mm -hmm. I think. Yes. Largely, at least. I'm sure they have, you know, he has people of all shapes and sizes and ages, but Mm -hmm. kids are good. Mm -hmm. Because when he was a kid, he would, you know, like squeeze down chimneys basically and Mm -hmm. use his little size to steal secrets. Yeah, and so since the system is already in place, Kyburn's like, well, then you're mine now. Right, yeah, basically. Have some candied plums. Yeah, you little, little birds children. are mine, little birds now. <laughs> <laughs> little children. So creepy. Oh, yeah, another little random thing, side note. Um, the, the wall at the very beginning of the episode. Oh, yeah. Um, cool shot of the wall. Cool shot of the wall. And it always reminds me of uh, the very end of the episode where we can see that old, her M- Melisandre's old skin and it looks exactly the same as that wall right there. <laughs> oh my God. Like, it, yeah, it, it's kind of hard to explain if you can't, if you're not looking at it. But next time you, you watch the wrinkles look at the, and the creases wrinkles vertically and the, yeah. coming down the wall. <laughs> the old lady. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Classic. Nice. So where did where does that leave us? Is that that leaves us on your number two, Duncan? My number two is the death of Cersei. Oh, because I think when Marcella dies and all of her children are dead, I think that's pretty much finito for Cersei uh, as being any type of regular human. Basically, agreed. And uh, what did you say, Lisa? Goth Cersei emerges. Oh yeah. <laughs> goth Cersei that's awesome yeah she's talking about you know decomposing bodies and it seems like she's kind of not obsessed but she thinks about that a lot she's like with her mother now she's thinking about her daughter and I'm sure she thought about Joffrey and Tywin eventually she says something about it then too I found it interesting when she said that I imagine Marcella's face like pulling back and riding away that that's the punishment that she gives Ilaria is to watch her daughter like actually decompose. Decompose. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's so fucked up. Super fucked up. She makes makes her witness what she's just imagining. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's how twisted crazy. she is. Totally. And she, so she starts off with her being super stoked as she learns that a ship has arrived with the, uh, the sun and spear sigil um, approaching the harbor. And she's like, oh, yay, Marcella's here. And she throws on her matching necklace to match Marcella's uh, necklace that, was, that showed up on the, on the viper in the box. Yeah, the, morning. the lion, the gold lion. Yeah, so she's wearing that and she runs down to the harbor all excited and uh what a what a cool place that is like that superstructure of stone all around that boat launch area yeah really, really cool just a beautiful spot um i wonder where they where they shot that so she's all excited runs down there to the edge of the water she's looks like over skipping. yeah she's like skipping and sadly jamie is standing on the bow with that look on his face that nope look and she sees jamie and in in the background behind him Golden the shroud. Gold be, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and gold will so be their sad. shrouds. Yep. Gold will be their crowns. Gold and you literally shrouds. see the joy wash off her face. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. She's just tortured by this. Everything, like sort of the way that everything came crashing down and burning for Melisandre, like her whole reality is, is lost um, st- everything she believed in Stannis 
dying, um, jo- John dying, you know, and she, and even this, in this episode, she's like, I saw him in the flames fighting at Winterfell. You know, like, what the hell's going on? Everything she thought she knew, her whole world just came crashing down. Same type of shit is happening with Cersei. Her whole world is crashing down as well. Um, parallel. It's yeah. another really good parallel. Yeah, all of her kids are dying. The kingdom is, you know, being taken down by the sparrows. Their dynasty is at risk. And uh, the look on Melisandre's face when she's looking at John, and the look on Cersei's face when she's looking at... Uh, at Marcella. At Marcella's boat there, uh, yeah. Similar type thing, just devastation. Devastation, and, Would yeah. you say it looked like Mary looking at Jesus yeah. from a play that you were in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, next it cuts to Jamie and Cersei hanging out in the Red Keep. And that's when she's imagining the decomposition of Mar- of Marcella and their mother and everything like that. <laughs> and she's losing it. She's in a really dark place at this point. She's trying to, you know, get come to grips with everything. And she has a really heartbreaking line where she said, says, uh, she was good, Marcella. You know, she from her first breath, she was so sweet. I don't know where she came from. She was nothing like me. No meanness, no jealousy, just good. I, I thought if I could make something so good, so pure, maybe I'm not a monster. And that's uh, such a heartbreaking line, right? Uh, f- so from intense. a mother's perspective, yeah. And she's she's obviously harboring some type of guilt about her just actions in general in life, and so she has seemingly done some type of self actualization about her true nature, and it shows us just how like tortured she is as she falls into the pit of hopelessness, thinking she's been ensnared by an unavoidable prophecy for essentially her whole life, knowing what's coming, but being unable to avoid it or divert the course of time. And uh, Jamie tries to lighten the load You don't on her. believe that? Yeah, you know, he's like, he's like, listen to me, you know. She was my daughter and I failed her, taking the blame for not being able to bring her home safely, just trying to ease Cersei's, you know, pain here. And she's just like, no, 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 no. I knew this was ha- would happen. The witch told me years ago. She promised me three children, promised they'd die. And she says it and gold their shrouds. Everything she said came true. Like, you couldn't have stopped it. It's prophecy. It's fate. And Jamie's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> He's just like, no, 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 no. Like, you don't, you don't believe that. It's crazy. She's, she's, she's like, of course I do. <laughs> yeah. She's so convinced that this is all true. It's totally been like a self-fulfilling prophecy that she's been trying to do everything to prevent this the whole time. And it's just caused everything to happen, you know? Yeah. So yep. fucked up. So he's like, what the fuck? And yeah, like you said, she's like, of course I do. You told me when yourself and father died that we had to stay together, that people would try to take everything that was ours, our, our house. And that was part of the prophecy too, that a younger, more beautiful queen would come and take everything that of Cersei's that she held dear. Mm-hmm. So she's like, you know, I didn't, I didn't listen and everything came true and she's, she's freaking out and Jamie's just trying to say whatever he can to ease her discomfort. Fuck prophecy, fuck fate, fuck everyone who isn't us. <laughs> Which is I kind love of that line. line. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, he's telling her like, you know, we're going to take everything back and nothing else matters that except us. We're going to, we're going to take everything and more. And sort of like the way that Sam convinces Ollie unwittingly to kill John by saying, sometimes, (laughs) sometimes 
you know the right thing to do. <laughs> I love your impression of Sam. It makes me laugh every time. Me too. It's my favorite. Okay. I'm glad we're on the same page. It's so positive. Yeah, sometimes you know what's right to do. And even if everyone else thinks it's wrong, you know, you, you need to do it. And, and Ollie's like, oh, yeah, I should kill John. And so here, Jamie's basically saying the same thing, like, we're going to do all this stuff, and it's just hardening Cersei's battle plan. And Cersei's like, okay, I'm going to blow up the set. Exactly. It's like, no, don't tell her that. Yeah. So she gets Kyburn looking for all the wildfire stashes and everything and starts really going dark side after this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the only bit of humanity that we've said that Cersei has throughout all these seasons is her love for her children. Right. So when, when her children are dead, that last bit of humanity. She gets more crazed as each one dies. Like, yeah, totally. She gets a little crazy after Joffrey dies. She, you know, she feels pretty lost and abandoned and is trying to grasp onto power, which then causes this whole, you know, high sparrow situation. Then she loses Marcella mm-hmm. right after that whole high sparrow situation. Oh, yeah. You know, was she's at her very lowest. So she's already low. So this is like another crack in Cersei's armor. Marcella dying. Yeah, it's like pretty much the last crack. Well, I think it really I think it really dissolves and disappears once Tommen dies. Oh, right. Yeah, because Tommen's still alive. I was thinking that Tommen's still alive. (laughs) I was thinking that Marcella was the last one. Right. Yeah, Tommen's alive. So, yeah, her. She's still barely clinging on to it. She's she's cracked. I mean, the egg is is broken and then when tom and dies it's fried like yep. it's a fried egg. fried egg this is your brain <laughs> this is your brain on drugs Whack. <laughs> and similarly um ramsey when he's uh looking down at um oh, what's her, the girlfriend's name oh uh miranda miranda when he's looking down at her dead body and his like breaking a little bit and like it's the first time we really see him be kind of human yeah really bizarre then he feeds her to the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's like on the verge of tears. His whole face is like shaking and That's contorting. Just how fucking weird he is. And then he's yeah, he's just like feed it to the dogs. Mm. It. <laughs> you know. Yeah, burn her, dig, her, dig a grave. No, this is good meat. Feed her to the dogs. Ugh. That was so creepy and he's like yeah. Ugh. And his like, like soft He even voice. told the um the maester, "I knew you were afraid of me when I was little." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny too. Everyone was afraid of me, even you, but not her. It, yeah, this is the closest we get to see of Ramsey being human in any type of way, except when he's pretending to be human by trying to, you know, claiming to save Reek and st- or save Theon and stuff like that. Right. Just toying with him. And just the way For that, sure. that uh, Sansa is armored with her um, politeness mm-hmm. and ladylikeness, he does the same kind of thing with his... Yeah, with his, uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. lordly facade. Yes. Or whatnot. (laughs) Darling. Yeah, no, and so that's her, uh, him and Cersei, you know, kind of have that same kind of uh, thing happen where we see the human inside. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah, pretty crazy. That's it for my number two, that whole uh, Jamie Cersei thing. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's not fully the death of Cersei. How about your numero one? Lady Rachel. Numero one mixing. Nice. <laughs> numero one. I like it. Um, my number one is Danny going back to Vias Dothrak. Yeah, mm-hmm. getting dragged away to the to the Doshkaleen. Mm-hmm. I want to know where they filmed that. Yeah. 
they they start out. It's basically the whole Dothraki part of this show that is my number one. So they're traveling. There's a ton of them. This is a huge Kalasar. Huge. And we see that at the season finale last season, how mm-hmm. how many horses are riding towards her. It's quite a large gathering of people. And she's being made to walk like like yeah, she did with Viserys. Like a slave. Kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she trips and the blood rider freaking crap cracks a whip at her. I don't know, Lisa, if you've ever been cracked by a whip, if you've been around horses, it fucking hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I've cracked myself on the back a couple of times by accident and man. Yeah, woo. no, my, uh, my, my horse doesn't like the crop. So it gets all, she gets all crazy. Like, yeah, my horse is super lazy. So <laughs> Just the sound would get him to go, but I've cracked myself on the back a couple of times. Yeah, I'm like, ouch. Okay. And Danny didn't even really flinch. Like, she kind of no, did. She's just like, oh, she's motherfucker. She's like Arya getting hit by Marin Trant. Yeah. Just taking it. Oh, my gosh. And I love, I love the Blood Riders conversation. And I love that she knows <laughs> what they're saying. And this totally echoes <laughs> Mas- Master Krasny's, her listening yeah. to all the crap he said about her and Valerian. Pink people are afraid of the sun. You think she's got white pussy hair too? I love when she does that. This the she did it at um Yep. Mhm. Yeah, you know, yeah, Master Krasny's. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah Krasny's so you know, She has pretty eyes, but she's a total idiot. She doesn't have to be <laughs> smart to get fucked in the ass. Oh, damn, I was going to try to lure you in to get into saying that. Oh. <laughs> nope. Nope, <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> Not after the clam situation. (laughs) Uh, And I totally just revealed my plan as well. Damn it. It's never going to happen again. (laughs) Um, So, spoilers. I like to talk. Otherwise, we might as well be dogs. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Okay, that's an interesting line from a Dothraki. Like, that that has always really caught me, you know. Because they kind of just take their women like dogs. Right. Mm hmm. I mean, they're very animalistic, like they don't care about privacy or timing or, you know, they just do it when they want to. Mm-hmm. Wild. So it, it cuts over to the settlement and we meet Carl Morrow yep. and his and his wives, which I thought was interesting that we find that they are polygamy, like polygamists. Oh, essentially. I didn't realize that they were all his wives sitting there yeah yeah they're his wives cut off her head before she casts a spell on you one of them says <laughs> yeah I told you she was a witch <laughs> yeah 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 blue-eyed women are witches <laughs> like oh damn <laughs> right yeah and then when she says that whole like rises in the west and sets in the east thing mm-hmm. which is like what what the witch said to her i love that these line. girls are like, Do you she think maybe she said that to fuck with the wives i don't think so i think that she was just saying like it's not happening because that was you know he will return to you in your, you know, your womb will quicken again when mountains blow in the wind. Oh, okay. The, uh, the sun rises in the west and sets in the east. I love mm. Carl Morrow, though. He goes, even if I was blind and I'd hear my wife say, cut off her head. I know this woman was beautiful. I'm <laughs> glad I'm not blind. Seeing a beautiful woman naked for the first time 
what is better than that? And his blood riders are like uh, killing another cow, cow, conquering a city, <laughs> taking idols back from Vi- to Vias Dothrak, breaking the wild horse. Okay, okay. <laughs> Seeing beautiful women naked for the first time is among the top five best things. In like, life. shut okay. the fuck up. <laughs> this made me think of that scene from Conan the Barbarian with with Arnold. Conan, oh, what what is best in life? To drive your enemies before you. Hear the lamentations of the women. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know. It's a classic moment. Just really got into that. That was impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Never seen that before. Oh, We won again. This is good. But what is best in life? The open step. Free tours. Falcons at your wrist. And the wind in your hair. Wrong! Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of the women. That is good. (laughs) (laughs) So they go to touch her, and in Dothraki, she says, don't touch me. Yep, and Mm. boom, the reveal. And... She lists off her titles, titles, titles. <laughs> yes. Titles, titles, and titles. It's like Kal Moro stands up to her. He's like, You are nobody, millionth of your name. Queen, Queen of, nothing. of nothing. Slave to Kal Moro. Tonight I will lie with you. And if the great stallion is kind, you will give me a son. Do you understand? Yeah, that's she's so like, hardcore. nope, not going to happen. I can't <laughs> nah. have kids. Yeah, not giving you a kid or anybody else, uh, Mr. Yeah. Big Shot. <laughs> Discount Drogo. <laughs> Discount Drogo. And then she's like, I was wife to Cal Drogo, son of Cal Barbo. I like how she says Barbosi. Yeah. Like, Barbo is like the translation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Barbosi would probably mean like of Barbo, I imagine. Probably. Barbosi. <laughs> uh, Barbosa, isn't that from parts of the Caribbean? Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, huh? yeah, Captain Barbosa. Yeah, exactly. That's, That's funny. We were just talking about Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah, because Jonathan Price is in it, right? Yes, and he plays yes. High Sparrow. Mm-hmm. So Moro's like, like this is ridiculous. Call Call Drogo's dead. She's like, I know. I burnt his body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then so, his attitude just like instantly changes. Yeah, he's like he starts oh, apologizing. Fuck. <laughs> you know, I didn't know nobody nobody's going to touch you. It's forbidden to lie with the wife of a, of a with a, or to lie with a call's widow. Then all of a sudden, like as crazy and wild as these guys are, all of a sudden tradition means everything to mm. this guy, and he's like not playing any games here, and immediately Definitely. cuts her her bindings. And she's asking, she's because she knows. She knows like what's about to to happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so she's like, if you could escort me back to Marine, please, I'll give you a thousand horses. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Pretty good. You know, that's their currency basically is horses. They use horses for everything, for transport, for trade, for food. So like you just said, he's so into tradition that there's no way that he's going to let her go back to Marine. She has to go where she's in his in his mind meant to be. Yep. It was her best option though, to, to throw that out there <laughs> as a, to, as a try, you know? Uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. To avoid any Sansa like situations. Mm-hmm. Wild horses couldn't, 
couldn't keep me away. Except in this case, uh, they can. <laughs> there, no, they can't. Yeah, they still can't. He's not. He's not falling for the wild horses. No. That's so funny. Yeah. A thousand so horses was... couldn't keep Danny away from Vase Dothrak. Nope. <laughs> so that is my number one. Nice. They tell her, we're taking you back to the Dosh Kaleen to live out your days with the widows of the dead calls. And I'm like, wamp, wamp, wamp. wamp. You know, like, <laughs> At least yeah. she's out of Marine. Yeah. I don't think she goes back to Marine. Well, she does go back to Marine. She does, yeah. Never mind, but it's very short. <laughs> For sure. It's like, Danny's finally somewhere else. Oh, wait, she's back to where she was at the beginning of the story. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that's my number one. Nice. All right, so we already covered your number one, right, Lady Lisa? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, my number one is Brain. Oh, right, right, right. Brian. <laughs> Brian of Tarth. <laughs> is that uh, really how he says it? He says Brian, yeah. Patire. That would drive me crazy. It's so funny, though. You'll love it. <laughs> Lady Brian. Lady Brian. How do they say it on the show? I can't even. Brian. Brian. I can't unhear it. <laughs> All right. So okay. moving on to my number one was, oh, that was Theon's attempted redemption. So we all covered that already, and we're back to notes. Who wants to talk about some notes? Okay. All right. Got something, Lady Lisa? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, oh, the dragon wolf bloodstain thing. Oh. Yeah. Remember that going yeah. down on the internet? How about you, Rachel? No. You know what I'm talking about? But okay. now that you say, I, I don't even need an explanation. <laughs> I've seen that enough to know what you're going to say. Yeah, the internet broke when that happened. Uh, people were speculating that he's a Targaryen. Yeah, you know, speculating that the blood stains were, you know, they looked like a fire-breathing dragon, and then the other one looked like a wolf, and they were like, you know, R plus L equals J. All that stuff was going down on the internet. Oh, crazy! Yeah. I have to. I'll have to like pull up a picture. I, I mean, I have it in my mind because I've seen it so many times, and I can absolutely mm. see why people said that. Yeah, it was a big, uh, big thing for a little while. I never really put much stock in it. I thought it was just kind of a coincidence, like sort of when, um, yeah, we thought that that Longclaw's eye like blinked. Oh yeah, when it comes out of the water at and the showers on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, nah. They're like, no, nah, no, what didn't really happen? It was just a stadium lights <laughs> lighting for the <laughs> for the on set, probably reflecting mm -hmm. in the uh, in the eye. I think they did say though that it was rather clever. Oh, that All people of these were people thinking were thinking there. Like, <laughs> yeah, makes sense. That's mm. how like in depth people look at the show. Mm -hmm. Every little thing is a clue, or could possibly be a clue. Totally. Anything else you want to add about that, uh, Lady Lisa? I don't think so. No. How about you, Lady Rachel? What's uh, what do you got for notes? Um, I I have my notes starting up at Castle Black when. Uh, Ed rips the table like all the crap off the table to make room to lay John's body down. Right, yeah. Davos finds him out there when John uh, when Ghost is like whimpering and mm. oh, when he's howling, and we get that yes. like pit, yeah, that howling. view of the sunrise. And again, we have that kind of like unsaturated color. It's like it's dawn, so mm. it's very gray mm -hmm. and muddled outside. And it's so eerie. I love hearing wolves howl. Mm. Such a creepy sound. Totally. Like whales. And um, 
you know, and so Davos comes strolling out. He's like, why is ghost howling? Something's up. And he steps out onto the staircase and sees a body. And he's like, what the fuck? And so he's like, kind of stuck. He's pausing to be like, what do I do? And then he decides like, oh crap, I got to like run down there to see what's going on. And he looks over and it's Jon Snow's body and the other brothers come over and they're like, what the fuck? Like Jon is dead. Yeah. What the fuck? And it's It's the the Lord Lord Commander. (laughs) And they all rush up and Davos is like, we need to get him inside. Help me get him inside. Yeah, and Ed looks fucking heartbroken, like totally distraught about this. Obviously, you know, he worships John. Yeah, he's his ride or die. He's just crushed. So he wipes the table off, like he just moves, even like lit candles, he just like pushes (laughs) off the table. And I'm like, uh oh. (laughs) And Ed goes, fucking Thorn did this. Mm. Oh, yeah, he knows immediately, right? Oh, I love Ed. Davos is like, how. Out of how many of your brothers do you think you can trust? And Ed's like, trust? trust? Like, maybe the people in this room? Yeah. And Davos is thinking strategically immediately. He's like, does the wolf know you? Are you friends with, with Ghost? Get the wolf. Get him. You Go know, get him. Need I love that we see Ghost. Oh, I love Ghost. Mm, me too. Uh, and it's so beautiful the way that they, they show him. He looks like Luna. That's why I love him. Lisa, you'll have to draw a picture of Ghost. Sure. <laughs> I'd love to. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Do it. I'll send you um, some of my uh, Luna drawings first. Yeah, he's just so pretty. And Davos is like, yeah, we need all the help we can get. And yeah, and then a knock on the door and they all draw their swords so fast. I was like, oh, Sir man. Davos. Yeah, it's Melisandre. And she comes in and it's just like, oh, my God. Like geez. She looks like shit. Her hair's all fucked up. Mm. she's walking really slow she looks like she hasn't slept in days you know like her or like she had a really long night the night before yeah and as (laughs) as if like everything else hadn't wasn't falling apart wasn't already bad enough you know like all of her visions being cast into doubt and stannis dying and everything now then as she says i saw him in the flames fighting at winterfell talking about john and everything is just falling apart for her at this point she doesn't know what's real what's not if anything that she's seen in the flames can be relied on. But I think that this line, the fact that she saw him in the flames fighting at Winterfell, I think this, this gives her maybe a little more incentive to go along with Davos when Davos pushes her to try to resurrect John. You know, Davos is trying to tell her like Thoros has resurrected Beric Dondarrion all these times. You, you heard this firsthand. You've seen it. Give it a try. And if, if she hadn't seen John in the flames fighting at Winterfell, who knows if she would have even given it a try. Mm. Yeah. But there's, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And that's kind of like a parallel to uh, Theon uh, and his karma train. So Mel's trying to get oh, back into right, you know, good graces with everyone. Herself. Yeah, redeem herself just like Theon. Yeah. Mm-hmm, for sure. And uh, it's so sad. Davos is like, I can't speak for the flames, but... He's gone. And she touches his cheek. And it's so sad. Mm-hmm. She just can't believe this shit. 
Everything she's she thought despair. she knew was up in flames. Mm. Yeah. I almost feel bad for her a little bit. <laughs> almost. Almost. <laughs> almost. Like so serene, close. It's, you know. it's kind of like when you kind of feel bad for Cersei. Cersei, sometimes. exactly. <laughs> or Theon. It's like, yeah, damn, Theon, I feel yeah. kind of bad for you, but it's like, why? All these why do gray I feel bad characters. for you? Mm, gray. That's a good word for it. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's mm-hmm. what you know, George. How our Mar- George R. R. Martin describes it. It's mm-hmm. a good one. Yeah, lots of shades of gray. More shades of gray than Christian gray. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I've never read the book or watched the movie. Neither have I either. I've just spanked a bunch of bitches. Oh my uh, god! I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you said that with such oh vigor. My god. <laughs> uh, Alistair's voice. Oh yeah, you like his I voice. I love his voice and his little face. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> his little face. He's, he's got a little face on a big head. Have you ever noticed that before? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, you could see like, yeah, yeah, he's got a tiny little face on there. <laughs> it's all smushed together. <laughs> You'll never not see that now. You're welcome. That's great. <laughs> I think it was Lady Lucy of House Jane, one of our listeners, point, posted a picture of this guy that she sees at uh, a, con- a convention every once in a while who she said, who looks a lot like Alistair. And every time she sees him, she tells him. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I saw the picture. He does. He's got some similar features for sure. He's probably sick of it. Yeah. Every time. Just kidding. <laughs> I would do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anything else you want to add about that scene, Lady Rachel? Nope. That's it. All right. So next, or you want to say? Yeah, while we're end? still in Winterfell area, um, that shot <clears throat> of Winterfell. Oh, with the Bolton sigil in the front, the guy like a soldier standing there with the halberd, and then you see the um, the uh, Winterfell in the background. Yes, Is that the shot? exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's got that ethereal kind of thing going on too. Those cool colors. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's it. Just wanted to bring attention to that because it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we cuts to the mess hall at Castle Black, and Alistair is informing everybody that. Jon Snow is dead, basically. Um, and, you know, you all know why we're here. Jon Snow is dead. And people are like, well, who killed him, you motherfucker? <laughs> and he just admits it straight up. He's like, I did. And Bowen Marsh and Arthur Yarwick and the other officers in this castle. Yarwick looks so, so uncomfortable, ashamed. right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Murders! Murderers! Traitors! And uh, Alistair's like, you're right. And I'm like, holy shit. We've committed treason, all of us. Jon Snow was my lord commander. I had no love for him. That was no secret. But I never once disobeyed an order. Loyalty is the foundation on which the Night's Watch so is built. So why did you kill him? Yeah, you're so right? loyal. So loyal to kill him. <laughs> and I, I didn't, didn't know that it had to be explicitly ordered that you should not kill your Lord Commander. You know what I mean? I never disobeyed an order. Well, you kind of disobeyed like the whole premise of the chain of command and everything like that, which is the foundation for orders in the first place. Didn't think I'd have to spell that one out for you. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, you got to give him a little credit because he's doing what he thinks is right and trying to protect the wa- the watch from the wildlings, but you still broke your vow, basically, to do it. So he's going on, you know, Jon Snow was going to destroy the Night's Watch. We've all given our lives for this, and he's he's tearing it all down. 
And Ollie looks like an asshole in this scene. Yeah, I noticed that too. Like he looks a, bag a lot of older. Mashed up assholes. <laughs> oh my god, I can't even uh, fathom what that would look like. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I've heard people say that before. I don't know. I thought it was kind of funny. Oh, <laughs> you made that one up. Nope, nope. I wish. Uh, so he's yeah, he's saying, you know, he he let the the wildlings through the wall, and not only that, he gave them the lands that they've been reaving and raping on the very lands. Raping, raping, raping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so he's like, "What the fuck?" Like, I know that Jon Snow thought he did what he did was right. I have no doubt about that. But it would have been the end of us, and I'm calling bullshit on that. It's a that's speculation. Not admissible in court. <laughs> and <laughs> he thrust a terrible choice upon us, and we made it. I thought that was a good line, mm. although I totally yeah. disagreed with the mm. sentiment. Um, and everybody's murmuring, fucking murmuring. They, murmuring. It seems like they're coming around to Alistair, like, oh, maybe he's right about oh. this. There's a little bit of murmuring. parallel between Alistair and uh, Stannis right here. How so? Like, feeling like... They needed to kill someone close to them to get back on track to do the right thing. Right. Mm, yeah. That's a good, good point. Um, are you talking about Shireen or Renly or both? Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I think immediately Shireen, but now that you mentioned Renly, kind of Renly too. Hmm. I would think it would be more Renly-ish. Mm. Interesting. Why? Cut, uh, power grab. Mm. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. So, um, then it cuts back over to Ed and Davos, and Ghost is nudging John's hand with his nose and oh, whimpering. And his eyes, it's so sad. beautiful. And do you think that they're worried that John might come back as a white here? Do you I'm that's... sure they're nervous. To keep him from doing that. They don't really know how long it takes. I mean, they saw what happened at Hardhome, but that was because the Night King was there, like, raising their bodies. Right. And in How season, long it takes on their own, we don't really know. Yeah. In season one, they John and Ghost found those two dead Night's Watchmen and brought them back to Castle Black. Remember, Ghost showed up with the guy's hand first? <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, Sam's like, what you got there, Ghost? Oh, oh my. What, what's that, Ghost? Is that a hand? You know? <laughs> that was when they were taking their oaths. <laughs> Yeah, oh that's yeah, that's when they're doing the oaths. And so they bring those guys back to Castle Black, but they reanimate at Castle Black on the south side of the wall. Mm-hmm. So typically we'd think that you know, people are only being resurrected as whites north of the wall, but um apparently not. Unless they were already resurrected and just playing dead until they got back to where they needed to be for their mission or there could I think have been like smart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there could have been a night like a, a white walker in proximity who knew that they were dead and waited until they got past the wall to resurrect them. I don't know. I, I don't know. I think yeah. there's some sort of magic going on there that we don't understand. And I do believe that they are taking a gamble having uh, having John be right there. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. But there's so many that of them that probably wouldn't matter. Yeah, they could just cut him down again with his own sword. <laughs> yeah, 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 true. Yeah. Oh, it's so fucked up. At totally. least nobody stole Longclaw. That would have been really fucked up. Oh, good point. They probably just wanted to get the heck out of there. I wish that they had done a better job with the little white wolf on that on the pommel of there. I, it just bothers oh, me. The it just doesn't it? look good. I don't know. 
yeah, I feel you. I kind of have to agree with that. Hmm. Yeah, it's not not great. <laughs> There's two <laughs> versions of that sword that they sell on ValerianSteel.com, and one is the book version. There's there's a website. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know that. That's where I get all those swords and stuff. Of course you do. <laughs> uh, only Duncan would know about Duncan. a website <laughs> yeah, called ValerianSteel.com. Yeah, they're awesome. <laughs> I, I, no, seriously, I'm I'm gonna Google them right now. Do it. They oh, have I'm, have like all the cool weapons, like Robert's Warhammer, um, Dario's Ladies, Khal Drogo's Arak. I want cool stuff. the ladies. The la- <laughs> yeah, they have um, the White Walker's Ice Sword. Uh, you know, all needle cool isn't Valerian steel. Yeah, that would have been cool. It was Castle Forged though. Well, imagine that I can get I can get Longclaw, Ice, Oathkeeper. Yeah, there's two versions of Oathkeeper too, book Oathkeeper. and show version. The book Ooh, version is on I want the, Needle. Yeah, Needle's cool. Ooh. They have armor too, some armor like the Hound Helm, Ren, um, Loris's Helm, which is also really cool looking. Right. Ooh, we can get a Dragon Glass Dagger set. Yes. <laughs> oh, she's on it. She's on the site right yeah, now. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah, that's nice. pretty kick ass, right? I'm gonna have to check it out when we're done. Otherwise I'm gonna get distracted and do some online shopping. Just- yeah, yeah. While we're podcasting. <laughs> yeah. So um there's a couple cool lines back and forth between Dolores Ed and Davos here, where uh D- Dolores is ready to like go out in a blaze of glory. I don't care who's sitting at the high table. John was my friend, and those fuckers butchered him. Now we return the favor. And Davos is coming from like the position of strategy and everything. He's like, we don't have the numbers. And Ed's like, we have a dire wolf. And Davos says, uh, I, I didn't know Lord Commander Snow for long, but I have to believe he wouldn't want of his, he wouldn't have wanted his friends to die for nothing. And Ed, I love his response. If you were planning on planning to see tomorrow, you picked the wrong room. <laughs> we all die today. Like, oh man, Not so intense. Tight. That's blood rider shit right there. Mm. Rider mm. die. You know, yeah, like following your, your leader into the nightlands. So brutal. How do you feel about that, by the way? Oh, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, yeah, Egyptian, you know, mm. pharaohs would kill their servants as well. So they'd have servants in the, you know, in the, uh, the afterlife and everything like that too. It doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense. Nope. <laughs> You're dead, you're dead. Why kill everybody else too? You want them to live, right? I'd want my people to live if I died. Mm. Yes. Like, otherwise, what's the point in, you know, yeah, you know. So that they're with him in the chat. Yeah, like, what's in the, the point of your rule, though? Like, what are you fighting for if not to, you know, create a better life for the people, basically? I mean, obviously, some rulers are selfish pricks that just try to take as much power as they can at the cost of their people. But yeah, you know, that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> He'll be extra sure to keep him nice and safe though. Yeah. yeah. Um, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Knowing that they're going to die mm-hmm. if they don't. Yeah. They're going to keep him nice and fucking safe. So um, Davos is like, we, we need to fight, but we don't need to die. Not if we have help. They're like, who's going to help us? Yeah. We're stuck in a room. He reminds them, you're not the only ones who owe your lives to Jon Snow. Mm. And Dolores Ed, Dolores Ed's like, oh my God. Like he has this realization where he's like, the wildlings, they owe so much to Jon. They, maybe they'll come help us. And at that point, I'm thinking, oh man, Tormund is going to be so Another pissed. battle. I thought we were going to see another battle. <laughs> yeah. Castle Black Battle 2.0, <laughs> wildlings versus the... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. Just a much smaller, more intimate group, like just in the walls, like another battle for mm-hmm. Jon Snow's life. Yeah. Man, Tormund is going to be so pissed though because he was like totally on Team Team John mm. by this point. And man died on and Team John. Aliser. Oh. Well. And Ollie. <laughs> and awful Yarwick. Not for long. <laughs> yeah. So Ed is just like, fuck, fuck. I got to get out of here and go try to get, you know, get a hold of those guys before it's too late. And he's just like, bolt the door. Don't let anyone in. I'll be back as soon as I can and rushes out. Yeah, and this is before Alistair and all the men with the bow stalk the door. So Ed gets out just in time. Yep, just in time. Well, they're, it's like while they're having their meeting, basically. He yep. sneaks out. Ooh, too close for comfort. So close. <laughs> so what's next? Dead Miranda? Yeah. We talked about that a bit, right? Anything we else talked about her about a bit. That? Oh, Ramsey was kind of Cersei-like for a minute there. He was saying, you know, Miranda was, was fearless. You know, she wasn't scared of me. I'm like you. And his like lip is quivering. Yeah. His face is shaking and she smelled of dog. <laughs> so attractive. <laughs> and then he's like, uh, talking to her dead body. Your pain will be paid for a thousand times over. I wish you could be here to watch. And it, that was very Cersei like to me. Mm. Like, uh, you know, She's going to well, kill so many people. It was so very much their always. relationship too, because she came along with the hunt on for Tamsi, and yep. she was special. She helped. She helped um, cut Theon's dick off. Oh God! Yeah, so, that's a bonding like moment Dickon. for real. <laughs> <laughs> dick on Tarly, dick off. Uh, Reek. Reek. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So yeah, I just he, think it's it shows his how just how crazy he is because he's going from like showing some type of human emotion and the maester maester wilkins like shall i have a grave dug for her my (laughs) lord or would you rather the men build a pyre he's like burned buried this is good meat yeah she's basically gonna feed the dogs which I i find so horrible because she's the kennel master's daughter there's something like weird about it like the whole dog situation yeah, between the two of them it's kind of poetic though she's devoted their her life to the lives to the dogs her life to the dogs you know so now, and she gets now to, she's going to be their poo she's gonna <laughs> nourish them was oh, it johnny in the last podcast oh i stepped in miranda oh. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> that was funny that was funny so yeah this is good meat feed it to the hounds i was just like mm. oh man it and maester walken's like what yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh so crazy He's such a pushover. nuts and uh miranda's face that like massive the, contusion the, oh like the makeup they had to do for that yeah pretty cool so next we have ramsey walking with roos and roos is all fucking pissed off He's well, first, he's trying to figure out. He's wondering who it was that killed Stannis, and he says that he'd reward the man. And we're like, ah, it was a woman, it was mm-hmm. a woman, it was a bloody woman, <laughs> it's a bloody woman, <laughs> a bloody woman, yeah. Yeah, she was bloody after slitting all those oh, throats yeah. and stuff, and getting her face kicked in. <laughs> oh, yeah, the guy kicked her right in the face. That was so gnarly. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Sam got kicked in the face recently, too. Mm, poor Sam. I don't like watching people get kicked in the face. No, like, how do you not have a concussion or a broken jaw? Like, what is this magic? Or, like, <laughs> like, how does Arya? your nose stay intact? Hilarious. 
So, so Roos is all pissed at Ramsey because he's like, yeah, you know, you, you set some fires and shit like that, but, um, you played your fucking games with Sansa, you know, with the Stark girl and with, with our, with Theon and they're both gone now. Like what the fuck? And Ramsey's in damage control. I have a team of men after them with some of my best hounds. They won't get far. And Roos has to continue, uh, torturing Ramsey with the whole uh, line of succession thing. He's like, you better fucking hope you get him back. Otherwise, your standing is in danger because, you know, Lady <laughs> Fat Walda is probably carrying a boy. And yeah. he's just as, like we've been talking about, dangling the carrot in front of Ramsey, this whole show, torturing him about all of this. But now that Sansa has planted that seed that, oh, it doesn't really matter. You're a bastard's a bastard, whether you've been naturalized or not. Mm-hmm. Lady Walda is carrying a boy. That's not good for you. That planted exactly. that seed that, you know, other people are noticing this too. And I think this is the final straw for Ramsay. The last time he's going to let his dad torture him in this manner and dangle this in front of him and toy with him. Because mm. real soon he's going to kill Bruce Bolton. Yeah, isn't it the next episode? Maybe. It's definitely coming up for sure. So I love that. Like we mentioned before, it was Lady Sansa who planted the seed of Roos's destruction by uh, solidifying in Ramsay's mind that he's never really going to, he's never safe, basically. Good for her. Yeah, Good revenge girl. for Rob. It's awesome. So nice. yeah, in typical Roos fashion, he's manipulating Ramsey with threats about his future lordship and everything. And this time it backfires. You can't taunt a psychopath about something like that for too long before they snap. Both psychopaths. Yeah. Like their, sure. their relationship <clears throat> is so fucked up. <laughs> Ramsey and Roos. Mm. It's just yeah. back and forth torturing each other. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so what do you have next, Lady Rachel? The next note that I have is Marjorie's cell with Septa Unella reciting some of the seven pointed star at her. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> the <Yeah>. seven hells <laughs> brim with the souls of saintly men. They scream in agony and their shame is so great. They do not feel the flames for now. They see if not for a single sin, they concealed they were saved. And she's just like, I'd like to see my brother, please. Like, shut I want to talk fuck to my up. brother. Confess. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you can tell Marjorie and Loris have a super tight relationship. Um, first thing she does is ask about him, and she just always, you, you know, she super cares about Loris. And, they love each other, definitely. Yeah, and they're willing to even bang the same dude together. Yeah. They're so comfortable with one another. Like, I can't. Families who share their kings stay together. Right. And she oh just, like, God. walks in. <laughs> oh, when the, when uh, what's his and name? With Olivar, Olivar, yeah, oh, o- yeah. Olivar, <laughs> Oliver. It's a like it's the Westerosi version of Oliver. <laughs> and she just like walk, walks in, just like as if nothing's going on. She's like, "Who are you? Yeah, yeah what flavor imagine. of the week are you? Yeah, definitely nothing new for Marjorie to be knowing about all this type of stuff. So Marjorie is like demanding to see her brother. Right, sinners don't make demands; they make confessions. Confess. <laughs> Confess. Confess. Shame. Shame. <laughs> Shame. And then it's like good cop, bad cop. Septa Yunella slams the book shut mm. and approaches Marjorie aggressively. And that's when the High Sparrow comes in and kicks out <laughs> Unella, basically. Septa Unella. Yeah. 
Ah, our other guest. So he sighs at her. Except uh, Unella can be overzealous at times. <laughs> I'll speak with her. So he's the good cop coming in and that whole good cop, bad cop dynamic. It's pretty funny. And so he... It works. Yeah, sure. Definitely. And so he's t- saying that he's there because Tom and misses her. And he's so fucking... I don't know. The love between a man and wife is sacred. It reflects the love the gods have for all of us. And he's trying to get her to confess her sins. And she's like, I have nothing to confess. And that's not a good plan. You got to come up with at least some type of bullshit to confess about like Cersei did. She should have learned from Tyrion, who's always confessing to something. (laughs) (laughs) Even if it's not what he's being accused for. Up at the Eerie. Yeah. Oh my God. What is a... He milks his oh God. one-eyed snake into <laughs> the, the turtle, turtle soup. Make the, the turtle bald man cry. <laughs> made the bald man cry. Cersei, so Cersei could drink the soup or whatever. At least I hope she did. <laughs> oh my God. And then he does it again uh, when he's on trial. Yep, second trial. Yeah, same thing. I'm on trial for being a dwarf. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Marjorie should have done some shit like that. Come up with some clever things to confess about. And maybe she could have gotten out a little easier. I like what he says here, though. So you believe you are pure, perfect, holy, without sin? None of us are. (laughs) He's like, okay, now you've started down the path, but you have a long way to go, girlfriend. Yeah, miles to go before you sleep. Such a douche, (laughs) basically. Definitely. What do you have uh, next, Lady Lisa? Anything? Um, Yeah, Arya. um, When uh, her and the waif are uh, fighting... Blind. Yeah. <laughs> blind ass blind, bitch. The blind. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, she says uh, something like she addresses Arya as blind girl and and then gives her the, what is that? Staff. Sta- yeah. And, and Arya goes, I can't see. Uh, like, yeah, duh. Like, we know. That. We know. Uh, that's not my really? problem. <laughs> Your eyes are white. <laughs> <laughs> also, I just addressed you as blind girl. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's all I I just had to say that. That was pretty funny. I was just kept imagining Arya like she's swinging wildly with that staff and everything. I kept hoping she'd like hit a bystander Mm. (laughs) like people walking around or whatever. There's a couple of other people sitting on the staircase behind her, the steps, and they're watching like what is going on down there? Mm -hmm. This woman's beating up a blind girl with a stick. I know. And no one really does anything about it, do they? No, no. They're all like beggars as well they're like i'm not getting involved in this mm. there's no money in it for me it probably happens <laughs> yeah. like that all the time like fights and stuff yeah totally speaking of the money i really like that um square coin oh right Bravos- it- yeah i think it's the bravosi square coin is that mm-hmm. right well all of, yeah all of it we see one of those as well when euro trash dario is triangle right I yes think- yeah i think yes, it's a triangle, triangle. though yeah. Oh, yeah i don't remember exactly but a funky <laughs> no, you're shape right coin. lisa it's a triangle mm. nice the shapes I remember I have some coins from the Bahamas with like holes in them. Holes in them, yeah. yeah those mm-hmm. are cool. Yeah, and I've, I've got one from Sicily. They've, they've got like, uh, they're two-toned. Like on the outside, it's like a silver and on in the inside, it's like oh, bronze. Toonies are like that in Canada too. Mm. $2 coins, toonies, they call them. <laughs> <laughs> Loonies and toonies, $1 and $2 Aww, coins. Looney tunes. <laughs> yeah, hilarious. So next in my notes, it's Tyrion and Varys. Oh. Doing doing their thing and we already kind of talked about this a little bit but there's some other funny moments mm-hmm. where uh Tyrion's like they're worried about everything and Tyrion's like we'll be, we'll be fine walking around down here we're dressed like common merchants 
He's like, you walk like a rich person. Yeah, and the way he's walking is fucking hilarious. He's just striding along with his hands clasped behind his back, his back erect, looking very proper and... <laughs> and um, yeah, what is Varys saying Elegant. What? Like the, the, the floor comes up to greet you or something like that. What does he say? You walk as though the paving stones were your personal property. Yeah, that. Varys says. <laughs> <laughs> I used to steal from people like you when I was a boy. And of course, Tyrion has to go for the low blow. It's a good thing you're not a boy anymore. And he just rolls his eyes at him. Because you have no cock. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we get the joke. I've heard it a million times. Low hanging fruit or no hanging fruit. (laughs) Oh, Oh, Duncan. (laughs) (laughs) So that's when they, they meet the baby that Tyrion wants to eat and everything. It's hilarious. The baby that he wants to eat. <laughs> or at least, the, the, you know, the woman thinks he wants to eat. Oh, who's the actor that plays Varys? What's his name? Um, Conleth Hill. Yeah. I like what he says about his favorite thing to do on the show is just bitch with Tyrion. Oh, <laughs> Not Tyrion, really? Um, why can't That's I do funny. names today? Peter Dinklage? Peter Dinklage, yeah. <laughs> just bitching with Peter. <laughs> That's great. They're, so, they're such a fun duo. Mm-hmm. Hope we get to see a good deal more of them this upcoming season. Mm. I, can't I feel wait to like see their the more I rewatch this series, I think the more they emerge as one of like if I might even go out on a limb and say that they're my favorite. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, they're definitely in top five for me. They're, Very smart. Yeah, they're always, they might be top three for me, but leaning. I, there's just so many awesome duos. Like, and as we see them again and again and again, as we rewatch it's like i don't know i can't decide but mm. these two are definitely definitely top three for me they're smart nice. they're funny what are your other your other ones rachel i love the aria and the hound mm, the aria haria or haria. around <laughs> oh all right <laughs> and what's yeah. the other one for you i also like braun and jamie braun and jamie interesting and yeah jamie. I think, I mean, I like, I like Braun and Tyrion, but I like Braun and Jamie in season seven. They have a good little banter going and a friendship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Braun saves him from being roasted by, by Drogon and everything. Yeah. And I like them down in Dorne. You know, they're funny together. Like Uh, freaking Braun is singing along and Jamie, like, I don't know. Yeah, they have the way they fight, dynamic. you know, Bronn's teaching him to fight. I like them. I feel like Bronn's uh, thing would be, but what's in it for me? Like, <laughs> yeah, his yeah. words for yeah. his house. Oh, for his house sigil, his, his house words, yeah. How much, well, what did how you come up with? What is it? Uh, he's, Tyrion's like, if I asked you to kill a babe in his mother's arms, would you do it? He's like, I would ask how much. I wouldn't just do it. First, I'd ask how, how much? much. Yeah, maybe that's his, his house words. How much? How much? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> what was it that you came up for the sigil? You said something. For Bronn? Yeah. Like, oh, like... Um, two swords and some money or something? Like a black background for the Blackwater Bay. And, and gold, like, gold like swords. swords. Crossed swords with a stack of gold coins behind him or something. Sell swords. We'll you have know. to make that now. Another yeah, that'd t-shirt. Cool. That'd be a good t-shirt. Gold yeah. swords. House, what would, what would his much? house be called? How much? Yeah. <laughs> How's how much? <laughs> no, because we don't have a last name for him, right? No, Blackwater, I guess. Meh. Bron Blackwater. Ooh, that's that's kind of cool, actually. All right, I like it. 
So next we're in Essos in the countryside with Jorah and Dario. Is that where you oh, are too? Oh, and yes, Duncan, Jorah is writing a Frisian. Oh. <sighs> so you can actually, there's two, so Dario is writing a black horse as well, but it's a really easy way to see the difference between like kind of a regular horse and what a Frisian looks like. They're just like Frisian. have a lot more hair, <laughs> like cool. mane and tail and feet and they're they're cool looking i got to take care of a frisian baby once she's so cute oh i love frisians did you they're say big. something about a dressage horse also uh lisa yeah i just noticed that one of the horses was very fancy with his leg work work there like um whatever this movement would be called in words in english <laughs> <laughs> like lifting up his hooves and stuff like that Man. like really yeah high that's the stuff. frisian yeah. yeah that's the frisian yeah nice <laughs> it gleams in the light of the dothraki sea <laughs> bioluminescence uh. yeah so they come across <laughs> a carcass you think our friend got him i think so drogon calling him our friend i thought that was pretty cool jorah's like oh well you know anything else that can melt a ram's horn i mean you know obviously yeah it was drogon in morning breath <laughs> <laughs> morning breath can <laughs> melt a ram's horn dragon's breath so they're moving along and they come over that crest and they see the big whirlwind tornado shaped bullseye where all these dothraki horses were circling around danny and they're drawn to, Such a to cool it scene. yeah and jorah just happens to be standing right over that fucking ring <laughs> what are the odds of that huh beacon i yeah i had trouble with that it's like, really? You're in grass that's like five inches deep. It has Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. In the middle of a countryside. A tall grass. And you just happen to like come across a pearl ring. I wonder if there's some magic going on there. <laughs> right? Like she can summon her. Like maybe she should have like left her shoe. <laughs> her shoe. That would have been too obvious though. I know. Or her or her dragon necklace. Ooh, the Dothraki would have seen that though. Yeah. Too yeah. And they would have stolen it. But that's like the whole thing is like if the Dothraki don't see it, then how the fuck is Jorah gonna see it? There was exactly. like a thousand Dothraki there. Yeah. Just one of Jorah. Exactly. Maybe there's some magic going on there. She can summon her dragons. Maybe True. she can do some other stuff. Yeah, Call out like telepathically to Jorah, I'm over here. Do you hear that? Tinfoil crinkling? <laughs> <laughs> tinfoil. <laughs> Chewing on it over there. <laughs> Just chewing on the tinfoil like a basketball makes me think of. <laughs> um, so they have some interesting back and forths here where Dario's telling Jorah, uh, or Jorah's telling Dario, yeah, I keep coming back, obviously, because I love her. You know, you know why I keep coming back. And Dario's like, well, isn't it frustrating wanting someone who doesn't want you back? And he's like, of course it is. <laughs> and I like <laughs> Dario. not me? <laughs> yeah, whereas these two could be at each other's throats both loving the same woman they they sort of have a kinship and um like a good rapport between the two of them to some degree dario's like well you're a romantic i admire that sometimes i look at you and think that's what i want to be when i grow old <laughs> and jorah's like if you grow old and he's like yeah you know if i grow old i hope i do i want to see what the world looks like when danny's done conquering it and that's an interesting thought mm. You Taking didn't have over much the whole discipline world. as a child, did you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it made me think of the ghost grass. You guys remember ghost grass mm. from the books? Mm -hmm. What about you, Rachel? You remember that? Isn't that the grass that like is going to overtake the whole world? Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It could be seen as a metaphor for it's the It's like that really tall grass that they, I, I think they show it when they're like walking through at some point when Danny, in season one, the really tall like mm. grasslands. I don't think we ever see it, but it's mentioned. I think. Uh, oh, okay. Maybe Jorah mentions it, I think. Yeah. yeah I th- I'm sure it looks like that, like what you're describing, but more ghosty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> more ghosty. <laughs> so, uh, they see all these the tracks in the ground and everything, and Dario says, "Huh, an army." And I like what uh, Jorah's response. He says, "Not an army, a horde," which is just kind of a cool word. Horde mm. gives it more World of, of like Warcraft. a savage feel. Would <laughs> you say World of Warcraft? <laughs> oh, is that a World of Warcraft thing? Um, it's the alliance versus the horde. Oh, all right, cool. It reminds yeah. me of when uh, Danny is told that she has a horde, and she goes, a "Horde." <laughs> Danny's told what? It, she, she's she's conf- she's like I have a horde. <laughs> oh, I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah, so uh Jora bends over, picks up the ring and says they have her. And it cuts over to Dario with the horses and one of the horses is like <laughs> a dramatic <laughs> neigh. Which is I know, I love all the timed. sound effects like not just in this series but in like pretty much every tv show and movie there is they always have the horses like making a ton of noise mm, like yeah. vocally yeah, and they don't they really, really don't. do that no in yeah. real life they're like rabbits they're they're pretty quiet mm. totally until they like smell something you know if they're lonely or see someone they know yeah. or see another horse they know mm-hmm. that's pretty cool I mean, even like when my horse has like gotten cuts and stuff before they don't even like react Mm-hmm. interesting yeah they don't like my cry like or wail or anything no i think it has to be extremely painful mm-hmm. but like when they're like nickering like all the time and the horses they do it if they're anxious but these horses are just like standing there half asleep mm-hmm. like they're not making any noise what is nickering it's like <laughs> they kind of like nicker <laughs> under their breaths like i don't know how to do it I, hold up like you do it lisa <laughs> uh I just kind of did and kind of failed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They just have like a little, it's like, they're kind of excited to see you. It's like when a dog grumbles or growls, like when they're happy to see you, it's like just a different noise than a neigh. Mm. Yeah. They, throughout the game of Thrones books, you know, they're all using all these different terminologies for various utterances from the horses, nickering, neighing, whinnying, you know, all these different things. And I'm like, what the fuck is nickering? Well, like neighing is when they like see another horse and they're like, oh, hey, what's up, dude? I see you. And like whinnying is like when they're like super excited and they kind of like are running around. And nickering is kind of like when they're quiet and they're like, my horse would nicker at me. It's like under, like when you whisper under your breath, it's like, oh, like, they don't want to make a loud noise, but they're vocal. Hmm. It's kind of like a cat purring in a way. What about that? Like, <sighs> like blowing That's their nose. Like when they have snot in their nose. Hold <laughs> <laughs> on. Right. Well yeah. The definition over. of knicker is a soft, low, breathy whinny. Gotcha. Oh, there, is that it? Oh, yeah, it's like, it's like the rumbling that the, dr- the dragons do. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. I think that's it for all my notes. You guys got have anything else you want to talk about? No more notes for me. Yeah, I have two things here. All right, what do you got? <laughs> I have puffball beard. Oh, discount Drogo. <laughs> discount Drogo. Yeah, that's a funny beard. <laughs> I just want to squish it. He's got like two puffs 
below his chin. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Cersei's dress when uh, Marcella's boat is coming in. She's wearing the locket with a lion on it. And then she's got like what looks like snakes and like a spear on her, oh, right, on her, her shoulder. shoulder. That, and the spear is pointing towards the uh, the locket. Damn. Oh, nice what, yeah, catch. What's up with that? It's like kind of Dornish looking clothing that she's wearing. At least the pattern is, uh, it evokes Dornish um, symbol, symbolism, symbology. Mm. So is she's just trying to make Marcella comfortable like easing the transition from Dorn to King's Landing by wearing Dornish esque garb, or is it just a coincidence? Yeah, it's probably just a coincidence, or just a really cool costume idea that they were like, "Oh, we'll just put this in here," kind of like the yeah. um, the blood. It's oh, either yeah. a coincidence, <laughs> or they're like, "Hey, let's just kind of do this." Throwing in little details. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. And then uh, also with wardrobe stuff, um, Danny's dragon necklace. Choker thing. Oh, that yeah. thing's tight. It's very cool. It's like Etsy made right there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right? I yeah, want it. Reminds me of um, episode 10 of season one when the dragons are born and Drogo's like, Drog- Drogon is like hanging around her neck a little bit. Yeah. Kind of. That's really cool. Nice. My sticky notes are gone. All right. So that's it for now. Uh, stick with us, guys. We'll be right back after a short break. That is a genty multi-instrumental composition by me. If you want to copy, just send me an email and I'll shoot it off to you. And we're back with news about Game of Thrones. First... It was revealed in a recent trailer for John Wick 3 that Jerome Flynn, known as Braun in Game of Microphone Game of Micro, in Game of Thrones, <laughs> will be featured in John Wick 3. So that's pretty exciting. Have you seen nice. John Wick, really, Lady Rachel? No, I have not. Oh man, really good movies. Um He basically kills everybody. <laughs> that's his thing. Oh. So I'm hoping that that Braun at least puts up a good challenge for him. Cool. Lisa, have you seen it? <laughs> I have not. I've seen some clips, though. Some You're funny ones. Fired. <laughs> no. We're fired. <laughs> fired. Fire volunteers. <laughs> yeah, true. I guess you could. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could fire anybody. You got a dragon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and the, uh, the next little piece of news isn't really technically news, but it's something cool that, we, that it, um, was pointed out to me um, by Lady Lisa, who told me that Ewan Rian, the actor who plays Ramsey, played Hitler in a show that aired last oh year. Did you, did you know that? <laughs> no. So perfect. I guess there's a show called Urban Myths, and an episode came out in 2017 where Ewan Rian is playing Hitler. Just pretty, pretty crazy. Going from one psychopath to another. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, Type clearly he plays a good psychopath. Yeah. I mean, he does, though. The way he has that creepy whisper. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, voice. Yeah, he does a great job. 
If you want to see him playing something non-psychopathic, then check out the show Vicious with um, Ian McKellen. And is that the guy's name? Ian he's not a psychopath, but the show is just called Vicious. Yeah, he's, you know? yeah. <laughs> he can't he's not that. a psychopath. It's funny. He's just like a happy-go-lucky, like normal dude in that one. It's really weird. In a show called Vicious. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. His hair is like slicked back and stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's great. So yeah, that was pretty cool. Nice. Moving on to Game of Thrones and History from historycollection.co. Ten historical parallels to Game of Thrones by Alexander Meddings. Leona's abduction and the rape of Lucretia. Before Rome was an empire, it was a republic. And before it was a republic, it was known as a kingdom. What brought about the Roman kingdom was a mythical event we know as the rape of Lucretia. In roughly 510 BC, Lucretia was assaulted by Sextus Superbus, <laughs> the son of Rome's last king, Tarkin the Proud, while he was staying with Lucretia's husband, Calantius, on a military campaign. Abusing his hospitality, he entered her chambers and forced himself on her, saying that if she didn't acquiesce, he would kill her and one of her slaves laying their naked bodies next to each other and making it seem like they'd committed adultery. Ooh. Ooh, so scandalous. Totally. The next day, dressed in black, Lucretia told her father what had happened, asking for revenge before pulling out a knife and stabbing herself to death. Damn. Vengeance came swiftly. Her husband, Lucius Tarquinius Calatinus, and her uncle, Lucius Junius Brutus drove out the Tarquins and established a democratic republic. And it was poetically appropriate that Brutus was responsible for driving the last king out of Rome. As it was Marcus Junius Brutus, his distant descendant, who delivered the mortal wounds to the would-be dictator Julius Caesar in 44 BC. Et tu, Brute. Et tu, Ollie. Brutus. There are many similarities to the story of Lyanna Stark. Just as Lucretia's immediate family became the standard bearers of the revolution and did away with the king, so too did Lyanna's after her supposed abduction by Rhaegar Targaryen. It was her brother Ned Stark and her betrothed Robert Baratheon who led the armies against the Mad King, resulting in his removal from power and the end of his dynasty. Or so they think. Or dynasty. Dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> As well as similarities of story, the rape of Lucretia and the abduction of Leona also share similarities of form. Both events have become a part of the mythology of the worlds we first enter. Whether that's early Roman Empire, pretty much where our literary evidence starts, or the immediate aftermath of John Aaron's assassination during Robert's reign. They're also stories that have been told and retold to such an extent that reality has become separated from history and fact from fiction. Take the abduction of Liana, for example. As Bran's vision makes clear, she was not forcefully abducted by Rhaegar Targaryen, but fled with him willingly from her betrothed Robert Baratheon and married him in secret, legitimizing a certain bastard. But as Game of Thrones likes to drill home, history is written by the winners and because Robert's rebellion was a success and the Targaryens were all but annihilated, the truth behind the revolt, which we must remember, was vital to conceal as it gives Robert his legitimacy, was buried with him. Brutal. The Mad King. 
In the annals of history, there's no shortage of mad kings. The Book of Daniel describes the fall of the 6th century BC king Nebuchadnezzar, who <laughs> heuristically believing himself superior on account of his achievements was humbled by God by being made to go and live among the animals and feed on grass. In late 14th and early 15th century France, there was Charles VI, the Mad, who, as his name might suggest, was prone to sporadic outbursts of insanity and spent a large part of his reign believing he was made of glass and could shatter at any moment. That is fucking mad. That's crazy. Eris II Targaryen, the king who started out with so much promise and only turned paranoid, unhinged, and murderous, finds parallels with monarchs all across history. One of the most obvious is Ivan the Terrible of Russia. Like Eris, Ivan also started brightly before succumbing to destructive paranoia brought on by constant court intrigues and perceived threats from those around him. By the end of his reign, he was routinely and brutally executing members of other boyar noble families, removing their ribs with red-hot irons, boiling and skinning them alive. (laughs) Good God. That's gnarls. Ivan's cruelty may well have inspired Ares II's murder of Lord Rickard and Brandon Stark, who had come to negotiate the release of Lyanna Stark. Rickard, Lyanna's father, was suspended from the rafters and roasted alive in his armor. While his son, mm, while his mm-hmm. son Brandon had a strangulation device attached to his neck, Brandon was told that if he could reach his father, he could use a sword placed under him to cut him down. But it was an impossible task. Brandon, in his efforts, strangled himself. That kind of reminds me of um, what Cersei does to Ilaria and her daughter. Oh yeah, right? just putting them next to each other, unable to do anything to help each other. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty brutal. Another Mad King-like thing that Cersei does for sure. Ares' pyromaniac tendencies also find parallels all across history. In the first century AD, there was the unhinged emperor Nero, who, we're told, rather liked to burn things, including the vast majority of his own capital, and the Christian groups he scapegoated for doing so. Ares' fall from virtue and descent into murderous madness also evokes another earlier emperor, Caligula. Like Ares, Caligula was killed by those who had sworn to protect him, but had witnessed and endured too much. For Ares, it was Jamie Lannister, the man who should have been Tywin's heir, but who Ares had politically vasectomized by bringing him into his knightly circle. For Caligula, it was Cassius Longinus Longinus, <laughs> a praetorian whose high-pitched voice and effeminate characteristics the emperor marked mocked so mercilessly that one day he snapped, stabbing him to death as he left the theater. Hear that? Ah! Ah! What was that? (laughs) Oh, it was Lady Lisa. That was weird. (laughs) Sir Matthew of House Rep. All Oberyn wanted was to bring justice to the monsters that killed his sister and his niece and nephew. He dies in a trial by combat that he volunteered for, knowing full well the risk. Ilaria decides the best way to honor his memory is to kill his brother and nephew. Shame. Yeah, that's pretty fucking brutal. I'm so mad about Oberyn dying, let's kill the rest of his family. I'm wondering if there is some meaning behind the first two of Cersei's children dying by poison, but Tommen taking his own life. 
Also, both Olena and Ilaria suffer fates similar to that which they inflicted upon Cersei's kids. Mm-hmm. Olena kills herself with poison, and Ilaria is locked up in a dungeon to watch her daughter rot away, killed by poison. I loved how Pod helped Sansa with her vows. Brienne could have easily been called the Red Woman with all that Bolton blood on her. It's <laughs> nice. awesome. Lady Lucy of House Jane. Love it when Brienne finally gets to fulfill her vow to Kat by swearing to Sansa. Her face when Sansa starts saying, the response is amazing. She looks so close to tears. The Melisandre scene at the end is really difficult to watch and I find myself quite conflicted about it. I've always found her quite unlikable character who manipulates people constantly to her own end. But seeing her so broken in this scene is really hard to watch. It makes me clear that she's only ever been doing what she thinks her God wants. This is a hard episode to watch, but made bearable by Davos. He's so funny in it. Is this episode where he asks for Mutton to take with him? Yes, it is. (laughs) Whole shopping list. Yeah, I like Mutton. (laughs) Also, I think it would be simply lovely if Sonda ended up with Pod. He would keep her safe and love her so much. Aww. Aww. That's a great idea. <laughs> Plus, he's the rod. Mm. Oh, my God. Duncan. <laughs> oh, Duncan. Pod the rod, really? After all, like, the horror that um, that she's gone through, it'd be good for her to have someone who cares about, about her. <laughs> well, that's what I think he did anyway. What? I think he just was really kind to those ladies. <laughs> that he didn't actually do anything? No. He did stuff, but I think it was just super sweet. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, shame, 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 shame. <laughs> shame. <laughs> well, that's oh my god, there's a bell. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Steph K of House Cooper. That was one of my favorite scenes when Melisandre takes off her necklace. Oh yeah, I agree. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Bibs. <laughs> And I really like what you said, Lady Rachel, about the hand. I'm going to watch for yeah. that next time. We really yeah. kind of glossed over the significance of the revelation that Melisandre is super old. And that was like yeah, that's true. a huge moment. Yeah, it really was. It yeah, that was something that everyone was thinking about for a long yeah, time. Yeah, there had been a lot of speculation about that. And when it happened at that moment, people were just had their minds blown. I noticed her hand the very first time I watched it. Really? That it was an old lady hand. I knew when she took off the necklace, something was going to happen because the light in the necklace, it like glowed really red. Yeah. And then it went out. And then there was like this little feeble hand that set it on the table and the stone is black. Mm. Yeah. I knew exactly what was happening when she went to reach for the necklace. I was like, oh my God, she's going to be an old bitch. Boobs. Boobs. (laughs) What's her name? The actress that plays... Mm. Carice Van Houten. Ooh, I don't think I actually knew that. So no. good one. Um, have you seen yeah, her in, sure. the, in the old makeup? The no. Old, the old lady makeup? It's good. You can look that one up. Ooh, yeah, I'll have to look that up. That sounds funny. Post it or something. Lady Alicia of House Stout. I'll never forget when this episode first aired, 41 weeks after Jon Snow was stabbed in the season five finale. Is he still dead? Will he rise again? Yep, we won't know in this episode either. Gah! <laughs> One of my favorite scenes in this episode was Brienne declaring her protection for Sansa. Again, but this time for real. I cry every time I watch it. So moving and satisfying. With a little teary emoji. Aww. Hashtag who cut the onions. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I, the, 
Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> no, I was going to say something. Oh, I remember when when this episode uh, actually aired, people were like, what? We, we're still not going to know about Jon Snow being alive or not? Torture. So funny. <laughs> they just had to fuck with us. I thought that too. I thought for sure he would either be confirmed dead in this episode or like come back to life. I was mm. so bummed that he didn't get resurrected in this episode the first time yeah, we watched no, it. Not even any talk about it no. either. Just Davos being like, I can't speak for the flames, but he's gone. Mm. <laughs> Get the wolf. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, so fucked up. I knew he was coming back though. I never had a But doubt. the fact that the red woman was there, I thought to myself, okay, we've mm-hmm. seen people be resurrected on this show. Derek Dondarian, so maybe it could happen. That's mm-hmm. one of the things on in the, that's different in the books. I believe the Lady Melisandre is not at Castle Black when John is stabbed. Is that right? That sounds right. It sounds right. I have no clue. Go with that. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> Lord Axel of House Erickson replying to Game of Microphones episode 92. Great show. I love that you give credit to Dorian. I really like him, especially in the books. Fantastic book quote about grass hiding vipers. Forgot about that one. Ah, glad you liked that one. Mm. Yeah, it just came to me all of a sudden. I was like, ooh, I got to add this into the show. Doran is the grass that hides the viper. Yeah. But I don't agree that Daenerys, burn or hang them all, Targaryen, would flinch at the blood and death in the, in the <laughs> arena. <laughs> I like that. She's deep into that shit. That's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, it's so funny. I guess if she thinks it's just and deserved, she'll, you know, roast you alive and watch the dragons tear you to shreds. But if you're just an innocent guy, she doesn't want to see you getting getting hurt or killed. Yeah. Especially not for her glory. For sure. Um, Lord Axel continues, you just talking about bur- the burning of Shireen was hard enough. Probably the worst scene in the whole series. I have to maybe agree with that. Yeah. Well, I'm statement. glad that uh, glad that our coverage of that elicited an emotional response from you. Yeah. Even if it was extreme sadness. All right. That's our show. Episode 93. Thanks for listening, everybody. And a huge thank you to Lady Lisa of House Sky Pie Romancer for joining us today. I freaking love you. Oh, my gosh. I love you, too. (laughs) (laughs) So much love. Cheers, you guys. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so I just want to say thank you so much, you two, for for doing this. Like, I think I've said it before, but I had a really rough year this year. And it's really this this podcast has really was my saving grace a little bit. So it was it was it was comforting uh, and entertaining. And I, I just love everything you guys do and put so much effort. And now seeing all of the background stuff like everything that goes into it i see i've seen behind the scenes here and wow it's a lot of work Mm -hmm. it is a lot of work i'm just so proud of you guys thanks glad that we helped light a torch through your darkest hour i feel like you're doing that for a lot of people so you're doing some really good work here keep it up thanks thank you yeah that that means a lot for sure definitely if you'd like to donate or subscribe to support us, you can go to paypal.me slash gompodcast and patreon.com slash gompodcast to donate an amount of your choosing. Doing some online shopping? Go to gameofmicrophones.com and click on our link to Amazon. As an Amazon associate, we can earn from qualifying purchases. 
Any contribution you make helps, and you can help secure the continued existence of Game of Microphones! (laughs) (laughs) Make sure to check out Sirenicide, too. That's Archmaester Stitch's serialized horror drama podcast revolving around a tale of terror and mystery unfolding in a fictional city of Morston, Texas. And seriously, you guys, I've listened to a couple of episodes and I can't wait to get into it. It's it's really good. You really should check it out. Yeah, it's a lot really of fun. Nice. Really Plus, well it's got me as mayor of Morston, Malik Husto. Yeah. <laughs> We'd also like to thank our patrons, Sir Matthew of House Rep, Lady Lucy of House Roberts, Lady Candace of House Twos, Lady Terry Theodore, Lord Jeff of House Allen, Sirenicide, and Luke the Low Duke. We love you guys. Thank you so much for your support. Yes, thank you. The coolest. We also want to give a huge thanks to Lady Lisa for being critical behind the scenes, working to get GameOfMicrophones.com up and running. It looks so good. I yeah, love it. Definitely. Thanks, from awesome website. It's really cool. And uh, Lisa, why don't you tell us where people can find your work again? Uh, okay, so you can follow me on Instagram and uh, Facebook at Fine Arts by Lisa. Um, that's the handle and fineartsbylisa.com is, uh, my website and, uh, that's where you can find my children's book. Um, kind of, it's, uh, it's a book, um, that I put together, um, with volunteers from all over the world. Um, and they told me their story and, uh, and I drew their, their picture and it, it teaches kids, uh, tolerance about equality, about peace and um, just being good to each other and kind of explains the people they may see in the world and um, sometimes that's hard to explain to a child you know what's a hijab oh well I can tell you so <laughs> that's uh, that's my book nice yeah the people you may see awesome I love nice. that concept that's yeah, really cool thanks again for being on the show yeah next episode we'll be covering season 6 episode 2 home Give it a watch and send us your thoughts. We'd love to read them on air. If you'd like to call, you can call us at 813-JOFFREY. That's 813-563-3739. If you would like to write in, you can email us at ravens at gameofmicrophones.com. Check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash G-O-M podcast. While you're there, give us a rating and a review. Impslap! You can also listen to Game of Microphones on YouTube, BitChute, and Steemit. Just search for Game of Microphones to find our channel. We can't create a custom URL on YouTube until we have 100 subscribers, so please subscribe as well. Likes, comments, and shares are also greatly appreciated. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Minds at GOM Podcast. And we're on Tumblr, too, at Game of Microphones. All right, that's our show. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. Yes, nailed it.
Lady Sansa, I offer my services once again. I will shield your back and keep your counsel and give my life for yours if need be. I swear it by the old gods and the new. And I vow that you shall always have a place at my hearth and... Meet and meet at my table. Meet and meet at my table. And I pledge to ask no service of you that might bring you dishonor. I swear it by the old gods and the new. Arise. It's a bloody woman. <laughs> she just, the noises she makes. Oh, like, she's just so cool. She's the coolest. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> and her faces and stuff. Mm -hmm. So dramatic. <laughs> and why would you put your back to someone who is going to kill you? Yeah, that's really or dumb. Or wants too. to kill you. You are really dumb. <laughs> For real. It might be Operation Meltdown in a second, so. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'm using it. The Django HL baby. The day. <laughs> Don't lock me out! Don't lock me out! Oh, yeah, I put Dave. that in the, uh, the outro like, outtakes, Rachel. Oh, no! Oh, I was laughing Don't so lock me hard. Out. I unlocked it, and then you're and, like, and now you just do it out here. <laughs> Drinking out of cups. Kyburn's yeah. like, well, then you're mine now. Right, yeah, basically. Have some candied plums. Yeah, you little, little birds children. are my little birds now. <laughs> <laughs> little children. So creepy. The old lady. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> then he feeds her to the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like. And she trips, and the blood rider freaking crap cracks a whip at her. <laughs> She has pretty eyes, but she's a total idiot. She doesn't have to be <laughs> smart to get fucked in the ass. Oh, damn, I was going to try to lure you in to get into saying that. Oh. <laughs> nope. Nope. Not going to happen. <laughs> not after the clown nope. situation. <laughs> uh, and I totally just revealed my plan as well. Damn it. She lists off her titles, titles, titles. <laughs> yes. Titles, titles, titles. I don't think she goes back to Marine. Well, she does go back to Marine. She does, yeah. Never mind, but it's very short. <laughs> For sure. So he wipes the table off. Like, he just moves. Even, like, lit candles. He yeah. just, like, pushes <laughs> off the table. Like Jamie, like, uh -oh. Jamie knocking off the white book from the table so he can bang Cersei on it. Luckily, they're not banging John's dead body, though. Ugh. Oh, God. Thank you for that image. Yes, thank you, Duncan. <laughs> All these gray characters. Mm, gray, that's a good word for it. Yep. Yeah, well, that's mm -hmm. what, you know, George, how R. Mar George R. R. Martin describes it. It's mm -hmm. a good one. Yeah, lots of shades of gray. More shades of gray than Christian gray. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know. I've never read the book or watched the movie. Neither have I either. I've just spanked a bunch of bitches. Oh, my no, God. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> You said that with such oh vigor. My God. <laughs> uh, and Ollie looks like an asshole in this scene. Yeah, I noticed that too. Like he a looks bag a lot of older. Mashed up assholes. <laughs> oh my God. I can't even uh, fathom what that would look like. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, and everybody's murmuring 
fucking murmuring. There's a couple of cool uh, things, a couple of... Uh, how do you feel about that, by the way? Oh, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> nope. You're dead, you're dead. Why kill everybody else too? You want them to live, right? I'd want my people to live if I died. Mm. Yes. She smelled of dog. <laughs> so attractive. <laughs> it's kind of poetic, though. She's devoted their, her life to the lives to the dogs, her life to the dogs, you know, so now and she gets now to, she's going to be their poo. <laughs> she's going to nourish them. <laughs> Such a douche. Yeah, we get the joke. Yeah, I've Tyrion's heard it a million always times. That. Low hanging fruit or no hanging fruit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> like a black, black, black water, black background for the black water bay and like, oh yeah. Black, black cool horse. horse. Very silky and regal. Silky, yeah. Mm. Shiny. 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 It gleams in the... Light of the Dothraki Sea. Yeah, I th I'm sure it looks like that, like what you're describing, but more ghosty. Mm -hmm. Like when they're like nickering, like all the time, and the horses, they do it if they're anxious, but these horses are just like standing there half asleep. Mm -hmm. Like they're not making any noise. Mm -hmm. I drink more liquor to fuck you up quicker than you'd want to fuck me up for saying the word nicker. <laughs> what? <laughs> old Eminem song. Obviously, he, you know, he's referring to a different word that he doesn't old say. Old Eminem song, Rachel. Duh. <laughs> he said nickering. The horse nickering. Nicker. Maybe me think of it. Knickerbocker. What is nickering? Knickerbocker bank. <laughs> oh my god. Knickerbocker bank. Knickerbocker bank. What is nickering? In roughly 510 BC, Lucretia was assaulted by Sexus, Sextus Superbus. Oh my god, that's unfortunate. Superbus. Ooh, so scandalous. Totally. Go and live among the animals and feed on grass. In the late, t 14 in the late 14th and 15th <laughs> century. <laughs> in the late 14th and... Fuck, oh, there's no V there. In late 14th and early 15th century France. Yeah, that's pretty fucking brutal. Shame. Shame. I'm so mad about Oberyn dying. Let's kill the rest of his family. Oh my God. Really, Dave? <laughs> Hilarious. Hold on. <laughs> that one Had to go one, 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 little one. Shame. 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 <laughs> Ooh, that's oh my god, outtake. there's a bell. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh Old yeah. Boobs. <laughs> boobs. Yeah, I knew exactly what was happening when she went to reach for the necklace. I was like, oh my god, she's gonna be an old bitch. Boobs. <laughs> well, I'm glad that uh, glad that our coverage of that elicited an emotional response from you. Yeah, even it's if good. it was extreme sadness. Basically, fuck you. <laughs> oh, my God. oh Duncan! <laughs> we need a whole stream of oh, Duncan's things that I get, things that I cut out. <laughs> I'll be Podrick, obviously. Odd the rod. Okay, odd the rod. <laughs> <laughs> Dunk the hunk, is that the equivalent? <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I just snorted. <laughs> Catch 
Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep. Thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.